When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody disgusting network. The passage of time will now bring you to something strange, unique, and idiosyncratic. Have a good time. Surprise! Did you miss me, Andy? I sure missed you. I told you. We were gonna be friends to the end. And now, it's time to play. I got a new game, sport. It's called Hide the Soul. And guess what? You're it. From the Playland Fire in Sweet Home Chicago to a coming of rage in Hackenslash, New Jersey. We are Halloweenies! Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Wolfman Mack, the press secretary of the Halloweenies, on behalf of our great podcast and president of said pod. I'd like to welcome you to a very special press briefing where we'll be talking about Chucky. Uh, Okay, from the blank stairs, the staff is giving me, I take it there are new people in the press room today? Oh, they're not aware of what Chucky is. Okay, folks, take out your pencils and notebooks. Chucky is a television series currently in its third run. The series was created by Don Mancini and is a continuation of the franchise that introduces a whole new set of heroes while staying incredibly loyal and true to the source material, bringing back character after character over the first two seasons. All the Halloweenies here, I believe, have watched the entire show and are ready for any pop quizzes, questions, and or dares and are quote-unquote chuckleheads. And that's the kind of information you'll be receiving here today on Mac's World of Useless Knowledge, including this incredibly dated West Wing nod of an intro. Hey, Wolfman Mac, why are you doing a West Wing intro? Well, kiddies, that's because season three of Chucky takes place in, you guessed it, the White House. Chucky is bleeding red, white, and blue, or at least making other people do so. Let me introduce you, though, to the other Chucky's House correspondents that will be chiming in throughout today's episode. He's not the only man who introduced me to Chucky, 
but he is my brother. Tell us who you are, and do you believe that Chucky could live at the White House? Hey, this is Joseph Gerber. And do I believe that Chucky could live at the White House? Absolutely, 100%. You know, he's very convincing uh, in doll form. He's been, he's been tricking people for, my God, 35 years now. And I wouldn't pa- put it past the little bastard to do it. So, yeah, 100%. I think he could, All right. All he could right. exist as long as he wanted to in the White House. Nice, nice. Now we're heading over to our East Coast correspondent. Who is this and why are you a chucklehead? Hey, this is Dan Dulé Hill Caffrey. <laughs> <laughs> slowly Why becoming a west wing podcast i've never even watched the west wing i was just looking up his <laughs> oh. name would sound good on it i've watched the first episode um i guess i could have said uh it looks like cj craig you said dan D- donna dana donna dana oh, that's right yeah there's yeah. also uh, cj craig marries someone named danny concannon danny concannon you know danny you concannon know Caffrey. it sounds like the guy the mask maker and um Season of the Witch, <laughs> but who? No, who is he? Mm-hmm, Who's this motherfucker? Mm-hmm. Timothy Busfeld from Revenge of the Nerds one and two. Never seen any of the Revenge of the Nerds. Movies. Well, you know, have you seen Stephen King's Trucks? I haven't. I've seen Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> you know, it's weird. Well, he's in Trucks. All right, let's not get too far off. Listen, why are you chucklehead? So <laughs> <laughs> I love Chucky. Why? I mean, I and I and I don't mean Chucky the character. I mean Chucky the TV series. It's my actually my favorite. I like Chucky the series better than any of the movies. I'll go out there and just say that right now. I think it was when I was a kid, I thought that revenge of the nerds was the second movie and that the first one was called nerds. (laughs) And I was very confused when I found out that they just start with revenge. Kind of crazy. Anyway. Wow. Mm. All right. Well, uh, (laughs) well, I'm getting, I'm getting word here that our West coast correspondent is dialed in. Uh, Tell us who you are and how you discovered Chucky. Yes. Hi, this is Rachel Reeves reporting live from Capitol Hill for HLWN Channel 6 News. Ah. And Chucky, how did I get introduced to Chucky? I don't know. It's just like he's been there so long, you know? I I did see the first movie first, and I'm so grateful because that was just the perfect launching mm, pad. Yeah. I've always thought it's just so incredible and immediately was like, oh, this is amazing. And so, yeah, been a big fan of Chucky for, for a long time and happy to report that still, still happy with Chucky, still in love with Chucky. All right. Yeah. Nice. Well, I want to thank everyone for their introductions and initial thoughts on Chucky in general. But before we move on, the Secret Service is here and telling me that we need to see something in the Situation Room. And that something is Steve Christie's bulletin board. Hello? Who's that? Oh, hi. What are you doing out in this mess? This is where we cover the news, if there is any on the franchises we've covered thus far. No update on Halloween, save for Miramax obtaining the rights. I don't have it in me to posit what they'll do with the property, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> does anybody have any, uh, any, any news there on the Miramax front? It sounds like they're open to um, expanding it through not just movies, but also on onto television. Mm. So I'll be very curious to see if you know any of that pans out. I'm sure yeah. we'll do uh, an episode where we heavily pitch that those ideas. I Dan, do you know, I do know one thing about it that I just found out. I have a feeling that they are going to want to make a lot of money. 
Yes. With this. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Come in yeah. hot again. Two hot takes. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Whoa. That's can guarantee you. I want to make the okay. dough. Very little artistic endeavor or or wherewithal. <laughs> yeah. They just want to make a lot of money. Yes, I. Rachel, do you have any uh, in, any news that you found out in the last? Well, I've heard rumors that it, you know, for as far as release schedule goes, mm-hmm. it's a good bet that they're going to aim for the fall. Oh wow! Whoa! Hold on! Breaking news! What? Breaking news! Yeah, I mean they're not going to drop yeah. this thing in March like they do most horror properties and no, things. That... I think I think they're going to try to actually tie it to Halloween. I know, pretty wow. wild, but that's that's hold just on, what I've on. heard. I just got that's I just novel. got breaking news. This is crazy. This is really weird that, wow. we're, that we're doing the recording right now and all this is breaking all of a sudden. I'm reading here that they're going to. This is crazy. They're going to disregard all the sequels. You kidding? Ooh. I swear to God, it says right here they're going. We wait, are disregarding are they, all of the sequels, but they are recognizing the original. I don't know. They're not disregarding the original too. I, I don't know. They they may they may be doing that. But all I know, is what I'm reading wow. right here, we are disregarding wow. all of the sequels. They say. I know we joked just now about it coming out in October, but the last two Miramax Halloween films did not come out in October, right? It's July, it like and August, and September or something. Yeah. That's probably why they're like really pleased with they gotta, themselves. They gotta build. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Resurrection was uh, July twelfth, and then I think H two O. I want to say was so also July because I definitely saw it in summer. It was uh, July twenty seventh, two days after huge my birthday. Summer blockbusters. Show up in your shorts and tanks, <laughs> sweat, uh, hot, sweaty popcorn. Palms. Well, I mean, as some people <laughs> on this podcast popcorn. might suggest, you know, ju- late July is spooky season, so it, you know, it does stand to reason. Oh, you know you what, know Justin? What? I stand corrected. <laughs> you know, I, right. what I've realized why you're so adamant that it doesn't begin in July, like early, is because is it's your no, because it's your birthday month, and if you have to think hey. about your birthday. In spooky season being early, it's just, uh, you know, it just feels like you're just getting yeah. older so much faster. No, I, so I love, I, I love having my birthday <laughs> square in the middle, literally, literally in the middle because it's on the 16th. It's in the middle of spooky season. I'm watching mm. all these horror movies and I, I meet up with all my friends. We have a great time and I keep watching all the horror movies and it culminates on that 31st day of spooky season when it's Halloween and I'm usually just leaving work and going home to eat. Because <laughs> it's on a weekday. That's it. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hall- the zombie Halloween, which wasn't Miramax, but the Weinstein Company, both of the, both of his movies, they were in August. It's like Neither four of those were Miramax releases back? I thought they, they weren't still with Miramax back then? No, nah, they were Weinstein? the Weinstein Company. Still under the Dimension Films. Oh, Dimension banner, Films, but, yeah, but that's yeah. four Halloween movies in a row that did not come out in the fall. That is crazy to me. Well, you know what? We got three that did, and... Okay. All worth it. So uh, (laughs) let's move on to Nightmare on Elm Street, which is still frozen somewhere out there in space. Uh, I'm waiting for that Nightmare on Elm Street space film. But uh, there was a fan film that came out with Nico Hughes. We haven't seen that yet. So probably we'll check that out because lately the fan films for these franchises have been more entertaining, more imaginative (laughs) than some of the stuff we've been seeing. And I'm going to pivot to Justin in a little bit. He's he's got a little bit more on that front with another franchise. But Evil Dead is not confirmed in terms of a new film. I know Christopher Landon was supposedly taking over directorial duties for the Scream 7 film, but there's no word on a release date for that. And even though there's not really new news with Crystal Lake in terms of when that'll be dropping, except maybe next year, we do have a little bit 
of uh, something new from that front, Justin? Oh, I was going to pivot to Brian Fuller news, but well, we can skip over that, I guess. Yeah, let's skip over that. That's affiliated. I, I, yeah, I really do wonder what's going to be going on with that series with all the, the Brian Fuller allegations coming out. Anyway, more on to fun topics. I did see <laughs> Never Hike Alone 2, uh, the Womp Stomp production. They've been doing some really fantastic short films. I think they also produced the Miko Hughes New Nightmare sequel, didn't they? Oh, really? Yeah, I think they did too. Anyway, Ryer director, I think it's Vincente DeSanti. Is that right, Rachel? Yeah, that's right. After a cameo at the end of Never Hike Alone, this brings back Tom Matthews from Jason Lives as Tommy, as the lead. And also returning is Vincent Guestafero, who plays Officer Rick Colon, the guy with the laser pointer gun, whatever you want to call him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's back as the sheriff. And it's amazing. I've gotten to the point now where it's, it's hard to discern between fan films and something you would just watch on like, and I mean, this is a compliment, that you would just pull up and watch on iTunes or Tubi or Hulu. Like the quality of these movies it's better are, than some of us. <laughs> I know. It's like startling yeah. better and in a lot of cases more imaginative. And the thing I love about Never Hike Alone 2 specifically is that it is truly done as a labor of love. They don't make, they're not allowed to make any money out of any of this. You know, there's no promises that anything's going to come of this except they just want to continue the story of this character that they've loved for decades and. People have responded really well. I heard really good things about it. I really love their short, short film, which was Never Hike in the Snow, which in which you finally see Jason in the snow. Yeah, I mean, I was. It's like seventy five minutes long. It's you can watch it on YouTube right now. Like I said, it is free. You don't have to. They're not going to make any money off of it. So yeah, Rachel. Yeah, it's so cool. I'm just looking at you know their website, and it looks like they've got. Yeah, they did do. Dylan's New Nightmare. Yep. And then I don't know. Did you, you guys know that they also helped put out The Spirit of Haddonfield, the Halloween one? No, I didn't know that. No. Yeah. So they did that. And DeSanti played Michael Myers in that short. He also plays Ghost Jason. He splits duties with another actor. I'm not sure if it's a stunt yeah. person, but he's also Jason in, in the movies. Oh. And it says they're working on a sci fi called Horizons. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a fan film for Event Horizon. Sounds so like they're it. so it's kind of cool. They're like in our in our Ew. world in more than one. I know it's Event Horizons, but this we're is doing becoming Alien, like very close <laughs> for me. Like not maybe it's just hyperbole. I'm trying to think of a, a, a close comp, but it's kind of like the the indie boom of like the 80s and 90s in terms of like horror filmmakers, you know, going out there making movies. But those people end up getting paid for those movies, whereas these people are truly just doing it. Because they found a way to do it without getting in, in trouble, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean. And they're they're all crowdfunded too. Like people are like, "Please, we want to see something. We have not seen the Jason movie in, in I think 15, 14, 15 years. Are you going to bring back characters we love and the actors we love playing those characters? Please yeah. take my money. Like you know, can they say the character names though? Like do mm-hmm. they? Oh, really? They are Tommy. Yeah, cool. Oh wow, that's awesome. Sheriff Rick Cologne, and they're doing quotes from the movies. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah they're allowed to do it. Yeah, that's interesting. I, 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 I don't know how. I mean, I know they're not making any money off of it, but that's it. you know, sometimes people will put stuff out and it'll get taken down and they're not making money. You know what I mean? Like so I'm curious how they went about that with the rights. I don't the know the full story and stuff like that. That's wild. But you as long as you're not making money off of it, you can nah. you can do it. 
Well, yeah, it's kind of it like dollar on. babies in some ways. It's mm. like there's all these kind of you can do it, but there's all these sort of weird rules and stuff. And yeah, right, maybe we'll right. have to bring them on and talk about it sometime. We'd we'll <laughs> yeah, love to talk great. to these guys about it. Don Henley does not let people like cover his songs for free. <laughs> of course, he doesn't. So like, yeah, he does. Like, no, I mean like his Frank Ocean and. Ockerville River when they they cover they both covered what about um, the Ataris don't that ta- boys of summer boys of summer that was for free I don't think that was for free they, they oh I mean I, 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 think, yeah. I feel like all these all the musicians usually charge people to cover their songs though don't so, they but that's just, but well but it's interesting so with Frank Ocean and Ockerville River they just they record and put it out for free so they didn't make any money off of it mm. uh, so I would assume that would be legal right but then Don Henley like came after him for it and it was this big debate about it but you could make the argument that. Oh well, what if someone hears Frank Ocean's Don Henley song and then goes to see him in concert? You know what I mean? Then that could well, that, that's think, a slippery um, slope, maybe. Girl Talk has mm. like that that all day mm-hmm. album, which is like mm, which yeah. I I'll listen to just to run around sometimes. It's yeah, just it's, good. it's just good it's good all album. a mashup of songs from the generations. That's still up. Like, yeah. Again, it depends on who 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 owns it. Yeah, because like yeah, Don like it doesn't surprise me that Don Henley would. Crack the whip on that, but not Sean Cunningham or who I don't know whoever owns it. You know about Don Henley? You, do you think that if they do do like a Never Hike Alone three, it would take place in Walden Woods? <laughs> Walden Woods project. <laughs> it's Don Henley. Wow. It's Don Henley wearing a hockey mask, running around he's killing like, people um, who are he, littering. He's running after Frank Ocean and Ockerville River. Yeah, <laughs> like he's I told like, you not to cover my songs, like, Frank. I heard, I heard, I heard your version. We were not impressed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like muffled because of the hockey mask. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I heard we're end of innocence. We were not impressed. This is not folk music. That's I love Don Henley's voice. And for those of you expecting to hear music from that other band, no, he did that. <laughs> he did my song. He's like, well, oh, I, I, I'll, I prefer just to uh, have beautiful four part harmony. Maybe you like a lot of noise and jumping around at your shows. <laughs> So far with the Chucky franchise, we have the first the first four episodes out for season three, season three of Chucky, oh. and the next four are apparently slated to drop, I believe, in twenty twenty four. What was Does like twenty twenty seven? I know, right? <laughs> I honestly, I, style. I, I was gonna say I wouldn't put it bad. Initially, in my script, I had written. Yeah, I hopefully it comes out in October next year where we forget all the through lines and threads and everything, you know, because they just have a bad habit of doing this stuff. Barring but, unforeseen circumstances, I think I read something the other day that's going to be early 2024. And hey, I'm all about that. Drop it and drop it in January, baby. Drop it tomorrow. It's freezing cold. I'm ready. And, I'm already. I'm ready yeah. for it again. Oh, Let's yeah, go. me too. In all honesty, we don't know, but we know it will be in 2024. And honestly, it'll probably come out pretty quickly. I mean, they it's not like they they had to stop doing it for something for months. And it's not a Stranger Things situation either. So, look, I'm tired of talking about the present. But speaking of presents, what do we often find in them? I'm talking about presents under the tree. We find toys. And usually, usually they're from Playland Toys. <laughs> I got the Strangler, Wombash, and Van Buren! The Playland Toys is a category where we dive into the rich history and or archives or whatever property that we're handling. So let me just start off with this. In 2017, with the end of Cult of Chucky, which absolutely ends on a cliffhanger, I suppose they could have just continued making these straight-to-streaming films. However, 
in order to bring in a new audience and explore broader themes, Don Mancini decided to take Chucky to television. He pitched the whole series with a sort of autobiographical angle to the studios. But before it was picked up, there were issues with who had the rights. This ultimately resulted in the Child's Play remake, which we'll be covering next month. However, to differentiate itself from that Child's Play remake, once it was greenlit, they decided to simply name the show Chucky. It was, in fact, greenlit by Sci-Fi and USA, an unlikely pairing merging <laughs> of networks, uh, which, uh, which is, hey, it's brought us this, so I'm all about it. But it, it, it was a straight-to-streaming with an eight-episode season. Mancini was going to write, he was going to direct some of it, share co-producing with David Kirshner, who did the Child Plays series, Nick Antosca, who did Channel Zero, Harley Payton, who did Channel Zero, and some Twin Peaks and other things, Alex Hedlund, who uh, worked on As Above, So Below. So in adept hands, good hands, anybody have anything else they want to say about that process and the production of getting to that point? I mean, it makes sense that sci-fi would be involved with this. They've done so many of like these kind of things. It looks like they're continuously trying to breathe new life into these properties. Like, see, they did, yeah, they did that Day of the Dead show. Mm-hmm. Just going back to the, you know, the conversation we we're having about the TV shows, they did a 12 Monkeys show. Right. Yeah. What else? Oh, that Dominion, USA. You said USA was involved with this, right? Yeah. It airs on both USA and sci-fi. They did the purge, and and, and sci-fi has been doing that forever. Like they did mm. that tremor show. So right. I I think it makes perfect sense. I just feel like this is at another level. This is like the crown well, this, jewel of these. Yeah, oh, kind yeah. of shows. I feel like this is because if this was just sci-fi, maybe it would be kind of like no shots, but like the Tremors TV show, yeah, with Michael Gross. But I think that USA does give it a little bit of a lift. You know, they're coming off. It's funny they went from like Mr. Robot to Chucky. But the yeah. production value, for the most part, we'll get into that maybe later in terms of some of the visual effects. It's just so much stronger than what you would normally see on a sci-fi TV show. Totally. Especially well, in the last five to ten years, not the, the classic era of like Battlestar Galactica, right? It's a, like you were saying, Justin, it was kind of incredible to me. I was, I was curious about the pivot to television and if there was going to be a huge you know, drop in quality. But like we just said, even with these fan films, like the quality is there, you know, it's just about who's handling it and who's participating in it. That kind of makes it feel more like something that's a a film or a, a, you know, I I can't think of not quality television, but uh, prestige television. Right. So it is kind of wild that, we're not only getting this, but we've we've now had three seasons of this show. And in my opinion, I think it's just gotten better every episode, which is incredible to me. I'm always I always started thinking, you know, uh, and, and this is not anything. This is not a knock against Chucky or or the people behind it. It's just more like my growing up with television. Like I always started thinking. I, I don't know. It's just another tel- television episode. I'm not. It's not going to like blow me away. It's not going to be like something I'm engrossed in or find myself stopping everything I'm doing and watching it and sitting on the edge of my seat. 
But God, if I, if I don't, if I don't always end up doing that, I always end up finding myself not on my phone. I'm definitely watching. I'm like really into the story. I'm laughing. I'm engaged. It's, it's pretty wild uh, that we're getting this. So here's the thing. I know we're here to talk about season three, but we have to get to season three. So I want to, and obviously there's so much to talk about with the seasons and with the characters. So I'm going to kind of do like a brief little run through of season one and two and stop me if you have something you want to say. And, and when we get to see when we get to season three, what we're going to do is we're going to tackle the characters that are returning first, because there's so much to dive in, in the prior seasons with them. And then when we, when we get to season three, we will talk about the episodes. And as we talk about the episodes, we'll talk about the new people that have joined the cast. Do you know what I'm saying? Gotcha. So plot here for season one. Essentially, we follow a young boy, an artist, Jake, who essentially finds Chucky in a garage sale. Chucky reveals himself to Jake and attempts to manipulate him into killing for him or with him. And Chucky begins to target Jake's enemies, but also his friends, uh, as let's remember, Chucky does not discriminate. Uh, ultimately, uh, Jake uh, meets Devin, a boy who is a true crime podcast and is investigating the Lakeshore Strangler and sparks fly. When Jake's abusive father is killed, he winds up living with his uncle and the uncle and his father are both played by Devin Sawa. He's playing dual characters. They're twins. He has a son <laughs> named Junior, which is Jake's cousin. And he basically he's living with them. Junior's girlfriend, Lexi, is introduced, and Lexi is essentially Jake's bully at the school. One by one, teachers, friends, and family are killed. Jake refuses to give in to his killer instinct and does not take Chucky's advice and does not, he starts, stops listening to Chucky essentially. And Chucky's like, all right, well, I'm just going to try to kill these people then. <laughs> it's, it's kind of bizarre. But he botches the attempt on Lexi's life. She then decides to team up with Jake in order to kill Chucky. We then learn that Tiffany, Jennifer Tilly, and Nika Fiona Dorif from the film series are currently headed to Hackensack to find Chucky. Nika is still possessed by Charles Lee Ray. Andy, Alex Vincent, and Kyle, Christina Elise, return as well from the original two films to track down Chucky. This is all in the first season. This all <laughs> leads to a wild showdown with Chucky, now known as Chucky Prime who has plans to release like 72 good guy dolls that have all been now been possessed by Charles Lee Ray. But each one, however, has their own individual characteristics, much like the Grammys and Gremlins too. Now, Grammys? Jake's experience in, oh yeah. Sorry. Is that, is, that, is that something you just made up? Grimmies? Yeah, I'm coining it right now. Why don't you just call them gremlins? I don't know how I feel. About I have a close Grammys. personal relationship with the Grems, so I guess it doesn't seem any syllables. It doesn't save any syllables. Gremlins, Grammys. Yeah, sounds like a music. That sounds like a like when you would give a, a music award to a gremlin, you would call it a Grammy. Yeah. Maybe we'll give the, the maybe, we'll give, maybe we'll give Chucky uh, Brainy uh, Gremlin one the to five Grammys at the end of this. <laughs> the award for best caca goes to Stripe. Wait, the Grammy wait Rachel, <laughs> you just brought Don Henley. <laughs> And I do. Wait, feel, I'm trying to imagine like what Don Henley, with a, a gremlin did. Don Henley would look like. Would you just have that weird <laughs> oh fake God. hair, like that slick back fake top hair, mm-hmm. stapled onto his head? If we're in the yeah. '70s, it has cocaine smeared all over its oh. nose. <laughs> it's got its hair pulled back and his sunglasses on, and 
What are you excited about? Mac, and you, you, first of all, Mac, you're doing a great job running this down because I actually forgot about maybe a third of that season one d- the description. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I am, I'm imagining, though, because we've, we, we've got a pretty good audience now after all these years. I just realized there are dozens, if not hundreds, of people who have Googled Walden Woods in the last 10 minutes <laughs> to figure out what the hell we're talking about. Don Henley, you're welcome. And so I hope maybe, and maybe they, they hung around the page and they started to donate to it if it's still, if it's still there. So there you go. Mm, maybe. Now back to, uh, back to Chucky season one, Jake's experience in high school was largely based on Mancini's experience. He said, you know, you write essentially what you know. And what he wanted to do was, I mean, this is putting a lot on his shoulders, but he said in an interview that he wanted to normalize being gay and normalize gay romance on the screen. He also wanted it to be cool, and he wanted the queer communities to feel seen and feel represented. And I I feel like he does that here in spades. Yes. Which is really cool. And, and, And the fact that this is also something that he's been injecting into the franchise since Bride of Chucky, right? And this is not something that he felt like he could do with Child's Play because at the time, the climate and the cultural climate was not what it is now. And also, this is his first time being a showrunner. I mean, he's worked on shows before, but this was like an opportunity for him to do that and really just go for it, which kudos. And I'm clapping because he does go for it. Yeah. In an interview with New York Times, he said that he wanted to create a final boy instead of a final girl, because that's something he didn't see when he was growing up. That's a, that's season one of Chucky <laughs> in eight episodes. The best part about it is that the show starts off, you know, and it's absolutely devoted to building these original characters, these new characters that we're meeting. And honestly, Chucky is very a small part of those episodes. You know, he doesn't talk a whole ton, you know, in this, so it really is a slow burn, slow build. And then when they start introducing characters from the old franchise, you're like, oh, oh, holy shit. Like, this is really well, tied together and thought out, like, incredibly thought out, which is just anybody that's watching horror films and loves continuity, this is your franchise. <laughs> it's also so, it's what I love about that first season is it's so drawn out and keeping his cards close to his chest for a little bit, you almost wonder if it's even going to be any kind of continuation. Like I remember watching oh, totally. it being like, Oh I man, I think they're, this almost feels like a reboot uh, until yeah. obviously it's very much not a reboot, which is such a nice surprise. Well, not only yeah. does it not dismiss the sequels, it, I mean, it fully incorporates them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Preach. I mean, that's something, that's something this franchise has always done and like been so strong and dedicated mm-hmm. to. And it was just like, so refreshing to see that continued dedication and that like no we're not going to abandon that like we're just we're just going to enrich it this franchise and this lore and all of these characters even just enrich it and add to that mythos even more like i was i was blown away the first time i saw it and this yeah, is all coming one. after the reboot movie yes <laughs> yeah they're still going for, they're still like nope <laughs> you hope you watched all the sequels i love it for that yeah that i think that's the biggest swing you guys, you know, it's been nicer lately. And in Wisconsin, you never quite know when winter is going to be in, but it's been nice for like four days in a row. And I'm like, if sunnier days are coming, it's time to fuel up. And so I'm going back to my factor meals that no prep, no mess. I want to hit my weight goals before it's time to hit that beach. You've got options like calorie smart, protein plus, keto, 
Factor has these fresh, never frozen meals, dietitian approved guys. And here's the big thing for me, keeping out of the kitchen as much as possible, two minutes and these meals are ready. So it doesn't matter how busy you are, you've always got time. So treat yourself. They have 35 different meals to pick from, 60 add-ons to choose every week. You're always gonna have new stuff to try. Have it whenever you want. It's effortless, guys. So if you'd like to try it yourself, head to factormeals.com slash badmovies50 and use code badmovies50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code badmovies50 at factormeals.com slash badmovies50 to get 50% off of your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. But here's the thing. it's This isn't like Marvel where you have to watch 25 movies. This is also something where you don't have to watch that. They do a really good job of explaining who these people are and their importance. I think it's much more of a rich watch if you go back and you allow yourself to watch those films and know the story. Mm-hmm. But you don't necessarily have to have watched it because I felt I feel I do feel like they do a really good job recapping and explaining who these people are. And then you're with them for multiple seasons. So even if you it took you a minute to catch up, as soon as you catch up, you're just on you're just on board because it's not like you know, they keep introducing more people over the do you know what I'm saying? Like they introduce more people, but it's not necessarily from the original films, except for season two, I guess, which we're going to get into right now. Jake and his friends continue to deal with Chucky, who now embodies multiple dolls. The kids are shipped off to a correctional Catholic school, essentially, via Dr. Mixture, who is a therapist who thinks that there's still good in them because, you know, basically a, a lot of stuff, there's a lot of stuff that goes down here. Justin's holding up his finger. I, 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 yeah, go for it. Well, Dr. Mixter is obviously named after Dr. Mixter from Halloween yes, 2. Yes, absolutely. I think there's an episode, is it season 2 or season 1, called Halloween 2, as a matter of fact. Mm. Season, I want to say season 2. It's the, two. I think it's the premiere of season well, that's 2, even I'm pretty sure. Funnier. That makes sense, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> really quick, yes. <laughs> just to remember, because if memory serves... Chucky goes trick or treating in that episode and just like puts on a mask or something. Yeah. And I don't know why. Anytime Chucky's wearing a mask and they show him just walking up to as someone, we'll talk it's about so funny. Like we just walk around like a little kid. He's oh my a little, god, he was like a little ghost, wasn't he? A yeah, he's a little ghost. Yeah, yeah. he looks like ET or something. It's so funny. Yeah. So basically, there's a cliffhanger with season one into season two where Andy's driving the truck of all the Chucky dolls, and you you think he's going to get away, and he ends up driving this truck off a cliff. He disappears. They don't know what happened to him. They don't know what happened to the Chucky dolls. They think some of them died or they, they hope some, most of them are dead. So cut back to the Catholic school. It is Catholic school, right? Am I, yeah. am I right about that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the headmaster is none other than Devin Sawa returning <laughs> with like a beard and glasses. They do nothing to disguise oh, the fact that yeah. it's Devin Sawa. And that is the beauty of this whole thing. And again, brand and new the, character. A brand, brand new character. New character. I, I actually wondered, the fact that they start him off as twins, it's like, okay, that's how they get around it, right? To ha- still have him in the show <laughs> after the one guy dies. <laughs> and then they just bring it back every season. So I guess I'm wondering, were they really just starting him off just playing the two guys? And then they're going, oh, we love him. We're I, just going to make this show. I guarantee you. I think so. Too. He was, he so was, funny. he went wild with Chucky, like online. And I don't think they had planned that. I think that was just, like, Let's just bring it back. It's so that just it. like making this thing. And so it just kind of became all a bigger thing. I'm sure yeah, they're yeah. like, you want to come back? How do we do this? All right, sure. I, we'll uh, bring it back. I mean, 
I would also like to say, so the, the home for Burlington County, home for Trouble Boys. So Burlington County, New Jersey is where my dad grew up. So that's my dad's old stuff. I've been to Burlington oh, many times where, yeah, huh? where wow. I think that's the, that's the did same he, place as the Catholic Did school. he hang out with Charles Lee Ray? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, they actually saw Halloween together when it first came out. Oh, shit. Yeah, Did he cool. have therapy sessions with Dr. Mixter? My dad's very anti-therapy, you know. I, I've, Probably, I've well, tried to get him to go. <laughs> Probably for no, the best for in this case, I guess. But you said he uh, saw it with Charles. Did he also see it with Jimmy Carter in the White House? <laughs> yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, both. He actually got to see it a few days earlier. At the White House. Jimmy, oh, and then Jimmy the Carter private had screening? His, mm. Yeah, private screening. It should be noted... If, if people don't get that joke, then that means that they are not subscribed to our Patreon. So you should go to <laughs> patreon.com slash Halloweeniespod, listen to our Halloween 4 commentary, which should have posted by the time this episode goes out, and you'll get the joke. It's it's kind of crazy because they, they saw the advanced screen at the White House with Jimmy Carter, and then they loved the movie so much they wanted to see it again on Halloween night. Incredible. But that also meant that they missed the White House Halloween party oh. that year, which oh. was on Halloween night. So, you know, you yeah. pick your battles. Well, the most exciting part about bringing Sawa back is that it's just fucking fantastic that they just don't even pretend to try to hide the fact that it's him. And and that, to me, signaled that they were always going to bring him back, and they did not disappoint with season three. But the most exciting part of the second season is the re-entry of Glenn and Glenda from Seed of Chucky. GG. This time in the flesh, played by Lachlan Watson, who's non-binary, continuing to flesh out and dive deeper into those characters and that character explored left hanging at the end of Seed of Chucky. They also introduce a character, Nadine, at the school, played by Bella Higginbottom, which she goes the way of the dinosaur. But we Of course, Mac, Bella Higginbottom from Mighty Ducks Game Changers. That is what she's from. I could not place. I felt like I knew her from something. I remember. And I was a game changer head there for a minute. Yep. Season one, season one. Well, we'll chat about her character more as we get into the characters, but essentially there there are a few prominent versions of Chucky that surfaced that survived the crash. One's (laughs) holding Andy hostage, very much Marlon Brando from Apocalypse Now with like a shaved head and... And uh, then we have this like Schwarzenegger Chucky, who's just like this this meathead, <laughs> like beefy boy, beefy Ripped. beefy Chucky in the <laughs> oh school, killing people. And then we also have uh, Chucky Gone Good, mm-hmm. be a, a little Clockwork Orange style. What is what do you what do you call that? Uh, it's reprogrammed. It's reprogrammed. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yes, Mac, yes. as we mentioned in earlier episodes, that was a, that was also a pitch for a movie was to have Chucky reprogrammed. So this is another example of of Mancini being able to explore. Yeah, all these ideas he's had over the last thirty plus years, and, and put mm-hmm. them, sprinkle them onto the show as the series goes on. That's and right. I, it's been a minute since I've watched season two. Am I misremembering? Isn't isn't Chuck Buff Chucky's voice also like, oh yeah, it is. Kind of it is. Yeah, well, let's think deeper, because yeah. Dorif is giving performances. He's not oh, just showing yeah. up in For the all studio. Of them, he's like, it's oh, so, so funny. funny. But that's what's fun. Is like, you know, we all know Brad Dorf from. A ton of other films and stuff. Yeah. And he's a great, fantastic actor. But it's fun to see him do Chucky as other, like, it's so fun to see him get to have a little more fun with the character in a way that I don't think any of us ever thought would happen. Mm -mm. I did not think that that was going to happen in that season at all. So when when as soon as he, like, rips his shirt off and he's, like, buff, I was like, what is going and the, and like the on apocalypse here. now like monologues that he's oh my god it's yes. so oh, so funny. oh my god it's oh, such a so niche that movie is you know 
that movie's 45 years old. So I wonder even how much of the Chucky audience knows what he's the Colonel Kurtz that he's pulling for, you know, oh, pulling from. I mean, like it's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's Chucky's, Colonel Kurtz. It's, it's, it's Kurtz. Oh, uh, yeah, Colonel Kurtz. Kurtz. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, there, and yeah. there are a lot of very young Chucky viewers too. I feel I like he's kind of be made. I mean, it's funny now because he's based on a kid's doll, but last year I saw a ton of like seven, eight year olds walking around dressed as Chucky. Wow. Mm-hmm. I've said this before, but there's one of my niece's birthday and, I was asking her about, my, oh, do you watch Chucky? And she's like, oh, yeah, I love it. And so I think that, um, but I don't think that kid was getting that Apocalypse Now joke. Maybe she was. <laughs> uh, who knows? But you know what? It's like, did you know Harvey Keitel was fired from the movie? <laughs> <laughs> all that all that could do, though, is maybe it'll inspire them to go uh, go check out those films. Uh, Buff Chuck dies, <laughs> but is risen. And there's this nun... <laughs> That's there so that much? thinks oh, right. so crazy. this is wild. Thinks it is Christ reborn yeah. in this doll. And they ride that out for a while. Which I will say like this scene really does feel like he gets free reign to do whatever he wants. It feels like yeah. if he, I don't think he gets any notes one way or the other. Cause this show, this show goes there with, in terms of like jabs at politics, jabs at religion, yeah. jabs at yeah. everything. And it, genre. And genre. The actors. Oh, especially genre. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer Tilly. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> personal, of, personal. Jennifer Tilly. Yeah. There's an episode in this season that centers around like her birthday and you just get everyone under the sun. It's as themselves. incredible. It, as themselves. Incredible. And it is incredible. I mean, if you've listened to this, you've probably seen it. So I'm not, I don't need to go into it, but it's a great, great, great episode. All in all, this all ends up leading into the season ender with Sawa, Nika, Jake, Lexi, Devin, Glinda, Dr. Mixture even. They all like band together weirdly <laughs> to try to exercise Chucky from Nika uh-huh. to put an end to this once and for all. And Charles, Charlie, Charles Lee Ray's, twi- um, sorry, I already incorporated that in. I thought I left it out. Ultimately, they they think they're successful. They think that the Charles Lee Ray is in the doll, and Doctor Mixture escapes with the doll, and then they they kill they blow the doll's jaw off, and they think that they're killing the last Charles Lee Ray doll. But little do they know that he uh, there's a little body swap, and uh, he's now in Doctor Mixture. So, kind of ends with them, most of them thinking that it's over. Uh, they think that they're that you know i think that they they do maybe realize they have to track down some of the chuckies but they talk about that in the beginning of season three where and and we'll get into that in a minute we'll get into that in a minute so that's season one and two generally i'm sure we'll come up with more things as we talk about the characters but in an interview yahoo entertainment don mancini said he's been long interested in Haunted White House lore. Does that surprise anybody? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I think at one point he kind of wanted to maybe, he was trying to feel like maybe doing something on its own in that right. But welcome to the season three brainstorm sesh. And <laughs> he's like, oh, why don't we just work this into Chucky? He's never been to the White House. So mm. that sounds like exactly what they did. Ultimately, you know, I said doing research, I wanted to write something about it for so long is, uh, oh, sorry. He said doing research on that, he wanted to write about for so long, but I was thinking that logic would dictate that at some point he'll, he'll jump the shark, you know, even further. And and so when I found out it was going to be at the white house, I was like, of course, like (laughs) it's going that extra step. 
another step, which is crazy. But uh, he did say that the important thing to do, though, is always try to keep one foot on the ground, which I will say it, it always feels like a Chucky show and or vehicle. It never it doesn't all of a sudden become like a reality show or something. It doesn't become so wildly different. They're just exploring different themes, but it does feel grounded. I do feel like I'm still on the same page as them. It's not like I've totally lost the thread somewhere along the lines. But uh, that's that's my little wrap-up of the first two seasons into season three, which we'll get into more. But first, we've got to talk a little bit about, and I'm going to toss it over to Rachel in a second, but the score. Is this shit? Never mind, child. Jesus, the music scene's gone to hell since I've been dead. That's more like it. Joseph LaDuca, who we have talked about many times while discussing <laughs> this franchise. Times. And not only this franchise, but Evil Dead and other ones. So not going to try to rehash anything there. Just go back and listen to literally any of those episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll hear him talk about. But yeah, incredible guy. And they brought him back for for Chucky. And of course, he was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And I kind of love what Laduca does in all of these seasons. It just, just like so many other aspects of it, you can, it feels like he's having fun. And something that I do think is really cool that he, he does is we finally get like a really strong Chucky theme, mm-hmm. which is something that's kind of been lacking in this franchise, especially when you're comparing it to Friday the 13th or Halloween that have these iconic themes up until this point, like Chucky didn't really have like a super strong theme. Yeah. And that's something that they wanted to rectify for this because they were like, well, we have to have an, a main title, like literally every episode. So we have to have something. I, I interviewed him a while back and I know I've mentioned that before for Valingo. And so I asked him about that and he said that that was actually Universal's decision that they kind of said like, no, you guys have to have you you need a really strong theme. So they recommended Graham Revels from Child's Play 2. It was mm. kind of like the strongest in the past of what they've done. So he just kind of reworked that. He took that idea from Child's Play 2, revamped it, recorded it on the toy piano, and kind of used Chucky's relationship with the younger sister, Lexi's younger sister that we see in all of these seasons as kind of the inspiration and that, and that toy piano and made that. And I love those intros. You guys, they're so fun. It's only like 18 Mm -hmm. seconds, but I watch it every time because how are they going to be? Yeah. And so down, sorry, I wrote down all of the intros for season two and and into three, but I, I don't have the first ones. Season one, so I I don't know if we'll go through them because yeah, I've got some stuff for season three but, about uh, that. Too. But we'll talk about season three for sure. Yes, yeah, so, so they they made that really strong title, and we get that a lot, and so it finally feels like Chucky has a Sonic identity, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But just like so many other parts of the series, we see all these reference nods and these genre nods and these other film nods, and Laduca does that as well. Like in season one. There's that episode, I think it's called Cape Queer, and the whole thing is like a Cape Fear episode, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he mirrors the scores for that. He does that in season two, and then even, oh, and here we get little nods in season three with like the Amityville, Mm -hmm. and so I don't know. It just seems like he's having so much fun. 
And yeah. And also the Colonel Kurtz character from Apocalypse Now. There's like Apocalypse Now doors type music. Yeah. She in his final moments. <laughs> yeah. So I, I love Laduca doing this. And, you know, he doesn't he hasn't historically done a ton of TV, but it's really cool to see him in this medium. And I think it is just another really strong asset to this series and it's cool to see him yeah three seasons still doing it i imagine he's going to do it as long as he can he seems to like working with everybody he says, fun, as rare he does right? tv it's funny he did do speaking of horror movies gone to tv he did do the ash versus evil dead show as well yeah well yeah yeah it's that yeah. team i think i think he's a very much a relationship guy oh yeah mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. once he finds people that he likes working with he's just like yeah let's let's do this and i mean ash versus evil like that's how he got his start in composing was the evil mm-hmm. dead franchise so oh, i feel totally. like he's gonna like any anytime they ask him to do something, I think he's probably going to be like, "Yeah, sure, guys. Like, I literally owe you everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's do this." <laughs> he's great. Yeah, I, I I truly love the theme, and 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 that was really something that was lacking. I, I we've talked about that in, in other in other film episodes because they really didn't carry over anything from the first, and I think it's because they totally changed a lot mm-hmm. yeah. over the course of the films, but. It's so nice to have that because, like, I mean, the the sonic identity thing that you mentioned, like, that's perfect. That that is exactly what it is. I feel like if they were ever going to do it, I figured the closing credits music and for the first movie is really good, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they never did anything with it. They never yeah. did well, and it's it, different so. composer. Like they had they yeah, changed they composers so often, so I think it's kind right. of hard. It's like somebody who wants to come in and then be like, "Oh, you just want me to do what that guy did? Well, why didn't you hire that guy?" You know. Yeah. So they they changed so much, and so it's not till we get Laduca that they're able to really just be like, "Okay, this is the sound, and we're going to keep going with it." and and I think it's pretty perfect. And sometimes, sometimes it's so animated. I, I originally in the first season, I, I kind of put me off. I, I wasn't, I was like, what, what are we doing here? But then you have, you have to stick with it. Cause it yeah. absolutely is like, I can't think of anyone else scoring it now. Cause they, he has so much fun with it. And I'm, yeah. I, I just, I, what a, what an awesome job to have basically. And just about, <laughs> Hey, we're going to do this in this episode. You're like, Oh, you're going to do f- Phantom of the Opera stuff. <laughs> like It's just like, it's wild, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. Anybody else have anything to say about the score or anything in particular with this season? In, in season three, Lexi at one point plays Don't Fear the Reaper. Yeah. And I have to say that I am still not sick of this song being used in movies and TV shows. I've got a few I've listed here just off the top mm-hmm. of my head. The Stand, famously, the, the miniseries from ABC back in the 90s. The original Halloween. The End of Halloween Ends, which is extremely effective. The first big kill in X. Yeah. Netflix is 1899. And there's something else it was in a trailer for recently, actually. I cannot remember what it was. It's not a horror film, but it was just used in the um, the Iron Claw. Oh, the Iron, yes. The, 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 the wrestling, wrestling movie. family the, movie. Yes, that's right. Okay. But it's also in Scream. Yeah, it's, Scream. It's, 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 uh, it's, I love when it shows up in these horror franchise. It's a cover. Typo negative, isn't it? Covering yeah, it or something yeah. like that. But what's great about that, as soon as it happened, I was like, I feel like it's it's making its way into every franchise at some point. And I love that it finally surfaced here. And yes, I'm never bored with it. Sorry, Gus Black. Not uh, not Typo Negative. Typo Negative covers... Oh, yes, summer Gus Black. Br- typo Negative covers <laughs> Summer Breeze. And summer I know Breeze, you did last summer. yeah. Beginning. Uh, Good wait, one. wait, wait. I'm sorry. 
the Seals and Croft song, yes. Summer Breeze, is yeah. covered by Typo Negative. And Dude, I know you I did saw last my summer. Spotify liked playlist. Yep. I love us. <laughs> is it like electric version of oh, yeah. Summer Breeze? The first yeah. thing you hear. I gotta the, listen to this. The first I don't shot. This. I know you did last summer before the camera comes up on the cliffs. It's yeah. just blackness, and you hear down, 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 and his down, voice. Down, down, down. I don't even think I registered yeah, yeah, I that, that was Summer Breeze. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, Peter I'll Steel. investigate that later on right. after I after I donate to the Walden Woods <laughs> project. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, we've talked about Summer Breeze, but let's talk about Chucky in a category we like to call Here's Chucky. A good guy. I know it. I know you get me one. Show me how he works, okay? Hi, I'm Andy. What's your name? Hi, I'm Chucky, and I'm your friend to the end. Heidi ho <laughs> All right, this is the villain progression here. This is Chucky's uh, Chucky from from little baby Chucky to now Chucky. <laughs> this is this is in season three, I believe. And correct me if I'm wrong. Supposed to be the last surviving Chucky. This is Charles Lee Ray's the the origin the the, the prime Chucky. Ch- yes. Yeah. So he's, which makes me die laughing. He's still transfixed on jake and his pals mm-hmm. but it's more so i feel because they've been actively trying to find him and hunting him since the end of season two but wait is are they is he actually transfixed on them or they no they come to him right but do you think do you think though that chucky would have just let things lie and never would have gone after them again and if they if they if they just walked away do you think no. that he would have think not ever? He would have absolutely found them. At he would some have point done his work at the White House first because yes. I think yeah. first and he's foremost, on their list. He has to, he's on the yeah. list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's yeah. he he like he's still dreaming about killing Andy thirty-five yeah. years later. Oh, but Chucky has priorities, and his priorities are get rid of these crow's feet, and then I'm going to text Devin and say, "Fuck you, Devin. Fuck you." Come on, to taunt him to come to add to the list. Yeah. What what folks are talking about here is basically the whole idea that Chucky is aging now, and he has fallen out of favor with Dambala. So stupid. Because because they tried to exercise him and Christian magic has touched him. So funny. He has to prove himself again, or or so some people think, and, and are telling him to do that. I love that that angle in this. Mm-hmm. It's so it's, ridiculous. I didn't it didn't I didn't see it coming. Well, but, think about because yeah. for years and years we've always like talked about voodoo and, and other religious cultures from other societies, and now to finally say it's like that wicked Christian magic is kind of like, oh yeah, here we go. But also, like reclaiming it, it's not necessarily like voodoo. It's it's like a whole other thing. It's like yeah. Yeah. it's, it's, it's something it. else. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, yes. And 
Another thing that I love is in that sequence when he's talking to that doctor at an actual doctor's office, which is oh, so funny. Like from Beetlejuice so or something? Oh it's like so that waiting room. Funny. Yeah. And no one questions it. I love and I love too. He's like, Dad, no tell one me questions what, how long it. Do I got. <laughs> like, he's and he's just talking to him like he's a normal person. And I love that the doctor says that. Well, you could try this thing, but it hasn't been attempted since the Crusades. <laughs> Like I just the want to scope chime in of here. this thing is so ridiculous now. I, it's in, in a in a good way. I just want to chime in here and say the the only thing funnier to me than we're jumping around at this point. We're talking about season three. Okay, the only thing funnier to me than when when Chucky screams is those rare opportunities. Which Dan, you hinted that when Chucky is not wearing his good guy doll costume. <laughs> Yeah. And like for instance, if you if you if you watch this scene, he's he's dressed in a hospital gown with like no socks and shoes on. Like he actually prepared <laughs> to, 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 to the doctor in yeah. broad daylight. I think to myself of like like when the, the babysitter is killed in the first child's play and to where we are now. <laughs> it's just incredible. He literally gets a prostate exam or something. Oh, like God. what like what and he's, just, and he's not like complaining about it. He's like, his legs are kind of kicking back and forth. He's listening to the doctor. Like, yeah. when do we see moments? I mean, the show's called Chucky, right? So we actually see moments of him not. I mean, he's always an asshole to an extent, always yeah. a murderous, psychopathic doll. But we really, between all the different types of Chucky's and then Chucky Prime just showing vulnerability, we really f- do see every side of Chucky, which is so funny. And I, I don't know. I keep thinking, like, with Freddy, right? When we got, I mean, as much as I love Nightmare on Elm Street, you kind of get Freddied out as the uh, series goes along. And mm. the way he evolves is just becoming funnier, which doesn't work. I feel like every evolution of Chucky as a character has worked so well. And you keep expecting Mancini to drop the ball, and he doesn't. It's like he's sinking shot after shot with this show. And even you, I keep expecting him to run out of story, and he doesn't. It's like he's pulling moves out of his, I mean, not just him as writers, but like, it's kind of amazing. Like it doesn't run it out is. of steam ever. It is amazing. That's <laughs> what I wanted to talk about is because you say like how Freddie was no longer kind of funny after a certain point. He kind of got annoying. I, I liken it to kind of, and I, look, I'll still watch these shows probably like Cobra Kai or stranger things. When I kept thinking to myself like that joke isn't funny anymore. Right. But I still laugh just as hard as I, as I did years ago when Chucky is talking. I'm not sure if it's just the aesthetic <laughs> of, of, of it being this cute doll saying foul things. It's like great contrast. Or mm-hmm. if I'm just thinking it's, it's also fucking you got Brad Dourif doing it, not yeah. just some, no shots again, no name voice actor. Like it's Brad Dourif <laughs> still committing, giving a thousand percent 35 years later. And the writers that Don Mancini has brought on still know how to write him because I feel like they probably grew up with the doll and the franchise just like we did. Yeah. I think he's a very giving creator in that regard. Cause if you look at the credits, he co-wrote the first and fourth episode of this new season and as a showrunner. Look, as a showrunner, you got your fingerprints all over the show, obviously, mm-hmm. but he does have faith to kind of just let a multitude of writers write episodes and they capture the idea of Chucky. So good. Like, there's no line because it, it's gotten so outrageous, right? It, I feel like it jumped the shark decades ago, but it never hit, it never like landed in the water. It's still like in the air. You know it's, what I mean? It's it's just, just kind of that that like this is. I'm not saying the show is doing this, but kind of like that fake it till you make it idea, where it's just like if you just pretend, like yeah, mm-hmm. like that confidence to just say like yes, I'm doing this. 
then suddenly it's like, oh, I guess we're doing this. And I think that that is something that this series proves because it, it never sacrifices continuity or identity to try to like, oh, we're going to do something new and spice it up. Like that's always like Chucky, the heart of Chucky is always there. And so it's just, just like Chucky himself, it just retains this confidence, even when it maybe doesn't necessarily fully earn it, but like, it's just like, we're doing this and we're going to give it 110%. And I'm, I'm with them. It makes me just go along for the ride and it just kind of washes over me in like the best way. Like I'm going to yeah. go with it. It's it's a, it's a sincere version of the Key and peel Gremlins 2 sketch. It's like, okay, <laughs> it then is. we'll have it Chucky. Is. We'll have one Chucky who's like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Then we'll have a Chucky who's Colonel Kurtz. It's and in then the we'll, movie. You know, it's in the movie. Yeah. And good Chucky. And he's going to be Veggie being Chucky. held captive with a full beard and long hair, being tortured by one Chucky. It's just like there's and no And then limit. even Chucky Prime, we see him as Phantom of the Opera. We see him inside Oh my God, Nika. don't get me started. We see and Ugh. we see him at, as an old man at the end. I mean, even Chucky Prime, you see in several different. Well, and then ways. also, you know, even when they did the whole like Chucky reprogram thing, I thought we're running out of ideas. No, nope. absolutely excellent. That the way they executed all that it ended up being really funny. And this is the thing that I wanted to say with what you were talking about with Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street was always horror and was always going to be hardcore like horror so when what happened was freddy became funny mm-hmm. but everybody else was still acting like it's a horror movie with no humor yeah whereas chucky just increasingly became more funny and there's still horrific violent things going on but it's not and it still has moments that are like scary but it's absolutely leaned and embraced the comedy aspect which is why Chucky is just so still resonates. It's still funny because he's always funny. He was always a little shit and he's still <laughs> that little shit that you loved in the first movie, but oh. you're on board. I, I, it's just, it's so funny to see how, and, and so it's, it's also a franchise that it's like, what, well, what do you, what else do you do with this? If you try to keep it scary, the Joseph Leducas score that Rachel's talking about that main theme, it reflects the show and the show is based in a fun house reality. Yeah. yeah. And that's why it, you get more rain to do whatever you really want to do because it is a heightened reality. No matter how serious things get, it's all still a little bit heightened where you're able to still laugh at it, but still remain invested in, I hope Lexi finds her sister. You know what I mean? Oh, right. the emotional depth to these characters is yeah. like, I'm loving it. You guys, I cried three times in season two. Like... When Colonel Kurtz died yes, and, they, and they did the, Kurtz, the flames at the profile. <laughs> no, but just no. And they were all like the, the Nadine, like Nadine's death, like made me yeah. cry. And then like multiple times with, with Jake and Devin and just like that relationship mm. and the, the relationship of this like trio. It's, it's that balance I think is so important because it keeps you invested, not only from a comedy level, but at an emotional level. Like, I care about these characters. When I got the most, and I mean this, I'm not, this is not podcast talk, I, I assure you, I, I got literally emotional, was at the end of season two, when Andy and Kyle leave, and they have that brief flashback to the end of part two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, wow. It's I was like, wow, so they really pulled it off. And it's it, been 30 years. Can, uh, I can't believe this is happening, you know? Since we're talking about Chuck, I do want to say, because I've alluded to this on previous episodes, on the show, what's overtaken Park This Piece of Shit as being the funniest <laughs> moment in the series for me 
is I think it's the season one finale where it's all the Chuckies. And as mm-hmm. you know, the reason Colonel Kurtz turns out the way he is is because he's bald, like like he's the one bald Chucky. And they're all <laughs> making fun of him for it. And it's before he's transformed, and he's almost like timid, like, oh, like I don't look that bad, do I? And the other Chuckies are, yeah, you look great. Like, like looking. I don't, I, don't, I don't remember the exact line, but they're like, oh, yeah, bald guys, they look great. <laughs> and like, I don't know. I don't, it's so stupid. I mean, I guess it is necessary because that shows his origin story, but like, I like rewound that a, 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 several times. It was so funny. To, like seeing a bunch of Chuckies make fun of another Chucky for having no hair was just comical oh, for me. Yeah. And, and and like there's brilliant lines, brilliantly funny lines throughout this whole thing. We've already started to start talking about the characters that have those lines. <laughs> so let's move into our next section. No, no, we, we can't to, possibly move yet. We need to spend wait. at least 35 minutes on episode four where Chucky is just walking around in that family opera costume. Well, we're going to get there. We're going to get to the episode. What section are we going to get into that? I I told you at the beginning, I broke it out for you. I said, we're going to go into that right after we talk about all of the original characters and go into their season one, two stuff. Okay. 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 Don't worry. We're going to get to it. We're going to get to it. All right. This section is called good guys and Glinda's. Glenn? Guess again, Daddy. Glenda? That's my name. Don't you wear it out. Oh, shit. So here we're going to talk about the returning characters to season three, which are basically the mainstays for season one and two. We've already kind of talked about some of them, so I just want to make sure we didn't miss anybody as we go. So Jake Wheeler, Devin Evans, and Lexi Cross, played by Zachary Arthur. I'm going to butcher this name. Bjorgvin Arnarsson? I think that's right. And Olivia Allen-Lind. Yep. Yeah. Cool. That's our new th- our new trio, the new the heroes of the piece. The core three. Rachel, I know that you just said, you just talked about how like you're emotionally invested in these three. Do you think that this is a good entry, in, like a good entry point for people that have never seen the show? And do you think that these three are like our Andy and Kyle? Totally. And and I think that like, okay, something that I love about this whole series is just kind of the the cross demographic appeal. And how they've been able to do that. And I think these characters are so crucial to that because they inject such a youthful energy into this this franchise that I think is really important when you're bringing it to TV and introducing it to a new, you know, demographic of people who might not be as familiar with that. And I think that some, you know, while some shows may try and lean too hard into feeling youthful and tapped into, you know, modern youth culture. Totally. Thinking about like the I Know What You Did Last Summer series that I know we've talked about or Teen Wolf. Dan, you loved that, didn't you? <laughs> oh, man. It, it starts off like okay. And every, you watched it all, right, Rachel? I or did. Jenny, yeah. yeah. It was, it yeah. just, I, I got very it, confused by the end of it. I don't know. Rachel, did you cover it? I did. I've, That's right. I've interviewed a couple of people uh-huh. <laughs> related to it. But I think that when you lean too hard in it, you end up alienating certain segments. That might have been genuinely interested in the IP, like myself. Under you know, it's like, oh, I'm just too old for this. I think, and I think ultimately those things will and in- inevitably end up feeling a little cringy mm-hmm. or like you know, trend chasing or something. But mm-hmm. Chucky is kind of 
it rather elegantly hopscotches around different demos, I think. And so yeah. like there's a believability and a really refreshing believability to Jake, Devin, and Lexi as young teens. But then we get Devin Sawa too, on the other hand. So it's like you in you get all these sort of mix and then the legacy characters, mm-hmm. but I love seeing these kids and how they develop these relationships. And in into season three, I think that they kind of come full back full circle to how we kind of met them in season one and like get to see their interests again. And so it's kind of like a good refresher, I think. So even people that might not have seen season one can still get to know these characters and feel invested in them. Right. This does feel like a new doctor. It feels like, okay, like a little bit of a reset, the way they mm-hmm. introduce them in in this season again as well, like their hobbies, right? Like, it, yeah, oh, they're, like they're like each of them's doing their thing, yeah. and the they're like the 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 social media outcry for I, I like that intro for them. Mm-hmm. But like you said, like this has always been about a doll, so it makes yeah. sense that there's always kids in it. So mm-hmm. that new technology, the new era, the new generations never feel forced. Yeah, and you have legacy characters, but. You know, whereas like Scream, that that's strange because you you you're with those characters that are in high school, and then you grow with them, and you as they get older, they get older, and you try to keep working younger kids into it because of the town. But sometimes it works, sometimes it lands, sometimes it doesn't. And I yeah. feel like they were able to finally pivot and do that with with Scream Five Cream. But uh, Justin, I'm glad you mentioned Scream because I do have to posit this question to everybody. Do you feel, and look, there's still four episodes left of this season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like for the first time in the show, I'm getting like diminishing returns for like why Jake and Devin are still there. Like yeah, Lexi we, is still looking for her sister. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, I feel like in some ways the Jake and Devin storyline ended with season two I can, in a lot of yeah. ways. I get I, that. I do like in the first episode how they, they they presented like oh they've moved on they're happy and they've got YouTube series and Twitter and you know but then you realize that actually they're, they're it's all a front to try to track down Chucky I like that bit in the first episode I find myself in season three much more invested in like the first family obviously mm-hmm. always with whatever Tiffany's up to and then especially when Chucky gets really thrown into the stories in that third and fourth episode and I'm like oh yeah I forgot Jake and Devin are still here like I. I'm still trying to figure out why they're there as opposed to just being there because they were there from the beginning. I th- I think it, pr- I mean, I'm not saying this is necessarily the best reason to have them in the show, but going back to what Don Mancini said, right. About having a final boy and having a gay relationship that was complex and positive in many ways and that he had never seen growing up. I feel like maybe it's for identity reasons. I'm not saying that's a bad reason. I know it's not the best reason. Like, like narratively, it doesn't make sense. But I kind of <laughs> I feel like spiritually, it makes sense. You, you know well, what I mean? And I kind of feel like Mancini's there. I mean, I don't, I don't dislike them having their having them there. But I do agree that they don't feel like the central focus. They're almost more just like. And there's four Lexi's episodes henchmen. left. Like I said, there's still yeah. four yeah, episodes I, left. Maybe they'll they'll find it in a, a stronger way to keep them incorporated into all these other stronger plots for season three that have kind of developed over the last month i guess i i agree with you justin i i have felt like they've been they've been particularly lackluster this season but i have faith in the show that like because sometimes you know like i like the first two episodes of this season i really liked them mm-hmm. then season then episode three happened and i was like 
wow, I love this show, like even more, uh, how Mm -hmm. is this possible? And then episode four, which blew my Mm. mind. I was just, so I have no doubt that like, if they're back, they're back for a reason. Like I, I, I do feel like they will hopefully get more to do in the, in the next four episodes. But I do agree with you. I, I feel like right now their stories are kind of lackluster because like, like and I know that they're, they're there for Lexi essentially because she's trying to find Caroline. I just think that anytime that they're around, like it, it doesn't even make sense that, that she would bring them to meet Grant. Grant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, like, wouldn't you have better chances of like getting into my house? Like, no, it's just no, you and no, she's her? a single you bring young your girl. Like, she's meeting some guy off TikTok for the first time. No, she's bringing her friends. Oh, like, the secret, that is, the secret there to protect there, her. Okay, you know? <laughs> you know what? I, I know as I, I, I would believe that she would bring somebody else with her. That is smart. Well, again, <laughs> especially I, to be fair, you, you said the keyword there. It was, it's not just a random person. It's a TikTok influencer, you know. I think that there that makes sense mm-hmm. that you would have uh, yes need no, some support need to, just to be I need to bring some support. Sure well, let's keep it rolling here. We're going to keep talking about hey, them I as do. we go. Oh yeah, okay. sorry, go for it. No, no, no. That's I just I do love seeing their evolving relationship so far in this. Like I appreciate that Mancini in this first few episodes is, and we can talk about that more yeah, later. Yeah, if we'll you want, definitely but. get there. I I agree with you on that point. Okay. They do introduce that right out the gate, which I appreciate too. Oh yeah, but, they're trying, they're going to, it's, they're it, waiting for their first, they're trying to have their first time, but it keeps getting interrupted. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that is something that they're, they definitely introduced in the season. I was like, oh, they're taking it to the next step. And so that it is progressing on that front for sure. So we are, we are introduced to, but returning is president James Collin and first lady Charlotte Collins. Devin Sawa and Laura Jean Charostecki will hold on them. Miss Fairchild returns. She was the, their teacher, I believe, right? From yeah, the cool season, teacher from yeah, season first one. Cool teacher of season one. We'll get into her because she's really active in this. Nika returns. Andy returns. <laughs> I'll be it briefly so far. And we have Tiffany. Oh, oh, yeah, Tiffany. Absolutely, Tiffany. I had Caroline Cross. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't know, is Laura Lachlan showing up in, in the next... Not yet, yeah. Like, uh, or Billy Boyd? <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know where they're going to go with that, but we'll see. So there's a lot on the front of this. these next four episodes could bring a lot more to the table, which is great because, you know, there's we've done so much already. And I actually really like the new characters. So let's get into episode one which opens with the American flags folding and twisting into the name Chucky. We're in the White House, and I love that the President and First Lady are hitting that bong in their mm-hmm. quarters. <laughs> okay, you guys, Which can is... I... We're, we're talking about that. Did you catch, like, I feel like there's some strong poltergeist vibes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Because you absolutely. think that they're square. You think that they're square the way that Grant positions them right before they cut over because i think he's talking about trying to hide doing drugs in the white house right yeah and then there they are yeah yeah then there is it's like very much like poltergeist but also like there's a clown picture we see in the first episode where Mm -hmm. the kid the the young kids like wall and they like there's teddy checks the closet Mm -hmm. and i was like oh this is like all this poltergeist stuff and but you also, like wild? a bigger, bigger picture, the idea of like nowhere safe in the American home, and you know, mm-hmm. even the White also, House. Also, also the ideology and the idea, of like you know, this place is built on blood. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> the most disturbing to me, the most disturbing thing of all, is that 
Uh, somehow Devin Sawa's older than Craig T. Nelson was in, in Poltergeist. Sh- wait, shut up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Google Craig T. All Nelson. Right. I believe you. That's just Oof, wild. That's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Which also means that I am older than Craig T. Nelson was in Poltergeist. So, yeah. well, you're doing all right. <laughs> all right, there we go. Uh, Thank you. And I appreciate as, it. as as Rachel mentioned, Devin and Jake are about to take their next big step in their relationship. And uh, one of my favorite parts of this episode is when they get they start getting the cryptic texts from Chucky, and Devin says. Mine just says, fuck you, Devin. <laughs> I like spit out my seltzer water. Like that was so funny to me. And, and I love Chucky's it. struggling to type probably too, you know? <laughs> and you get that line from Jake where he's like, we're going to kill Chucky once and for all. And then Devin's like, again. Again. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so aware of itself in a really yeah. good and fun way. And you're just on for, along for the ride. I just, that stuff totally lands anytime they like clearly are referencing the fact that like we're doing this again. Also, <laughs> when they time. do the, the Elio, 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 Oliver, Oliver, Oliver thing. Oh, yeah. What mm. is that? Call me by your name. So oh, cute. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. It's know so sweet and so cute. And it's just very clever and like, oh, so sweet. I also yeah. love, I do, they only did this a few times last season, but I do love how they start every recap with uh, last time on fucking Chucky. Previously on fucking <laughs> Chucky. Or previously on fucking And sometimes it's the kids also. It's like mm-hmm. not Chucky. It's like Nika or not Nika, uh, Lexi being like, ah, oh, previously on fucking Chucky. I don't know. I just, I just love that this relationship is continuing. And like last season, they were kind of struggling, obviously, Devin and Jake. And why are you so obsessed? Like, he's not good. He's bad and whatever. And so right. now to kind of see them come back together and like, okay, we're ready to take this next step. And as we see that progress, like, I think that that's such a beautiful thing to see on a television show about a fucking killer doll. Yeah. <laughs> and- I know. I, so, I wish that they would... Do something on top of that. I feel like they haven't really been given anything else to do except for those two scenes yeah. together, right? I, but, but again, we're halfway through the season. Hopefully. We're halfway through yeah. the season. So. And, and the, the hard thing about this is that it's become such a huge ensemble now. It's mm, not yeah. just those three. There's so many there's episodes where they're, like, they're not even in it. Right. You know, it's like because there's so many things going on. So it, maybe this is turning into a wire type situation where it's like, okay, well, they're in it this season, but they're not going to be super focused the focus necessarily yeah. because so I do feel like the first like, family so has saying, become more the focus. You're saying Jake and Devin it's for this season is like McNulty on the it's boat McNulty in season, season two. two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got you. Bigger, bigger parts, hopefully in season four. Speaking of the first family, we, uh, we have Jackson Kelly is Grant Grant Collins. Who's the troubled son or teen son, or yeah, I don't know if he's troubled, but he's a, he's a rebellious teen teenager. Son. <laughs> you know. And you get Callum Vincent as Henry Collins. Who's the young boy who befriends Chucky. The Chucky doll is oddly named Joseph, which is ugh, just disturbing and creepy. Mm. Uh, yeah, hey, good call. <laughs> that we find out that their, their sibling passed and his name was Joseph. So Chucky's being really manipulative here. Brutal. Believe it or not. But in, in such a sick, twisted way that it absolutely is, you know, Chucky's style. Any, and, any other stuff on episode one? Well, a couple things. I like, once again, how we're introduced to Grant, and we think, at least I did, I just thought that he was just going to be a shithead. Totally. Surface shithead at the end. But once again, much like they did with Lexi, there's more to this person just being an asshole, right? There's yeah. more to mm-hmm. it. And, 
And I've, you know, I've already kind of grown to be more interested in, and feel a lot more sympathy for the character as the show's gone on. Although I do like that they retain his asshole elements. Like the first, oh, yeah. I mean, he still acts like an asshole to his parents. He's not like overnight. Yeah. I'm pure. But even you know? like in the in the later episode with the whole, you know, him getting mad that the boys aren't following him on TikTok and things like oh, that. Yeah. Like I like that, that they still. Yeah. Yes. I like yeah. that those things can both exist. Like he is deeper, but he is also a shitty teen. And the show is so yeah, good at I doing mean, that. It's great at showing like all these people are complicated. They're not just one note characters. Mm-hmm, exactly. They're all being fleshed out, and that's really. That's great because everybody knows those people. You know what I mean? Like yeah. everybody has like friends that everyone else thinks is a total asshole, but you're like, no, no, they're, 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 they're good. They're good <laughs> when it comes yeah. down to it. They're, like they they're do good a good artists. job good of you feel, because it could be another thing where the, the kid's an asshole and you're like, yeah, let's get one over of him. Let's use him to get into the White House. But you can even see like on Lexi's face, she feels kind of guilty about because she's developing actual feelings for him. Right, right. You know, so it's it's... It's complicated, as they've said in a in a movie. Henry, did you guys? I like. I really like the kid that's playing Henry because yeah. he's he's got that like good classic creepy kid aura mm-hmm. about him, and I yeah, Callum Vincent as Henry. Yeah, he's got those big eyes. It gives me very much like Damien. Well, and mm-hmm. then you think about the Omen, and then the Omen Three. <laughs> oh, yeah, so- <laughs> the, the goal is the White House. The goal is the White House. So, you know, Chucky's not necessarily the first, probably won't be the last. Where Did you seen. catch that he references a Mrs. Cunningham in the show? Yes. I wonder if there was a Sean Cunningham uh, reference. But uh, anyway. I, I, I just assume so. Whenever there's like yeah. names like that, yeah. you know. There's a Secret Service named H- H- uh, Hicks as well. So I'm like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. got to be a reference. Yeah. Oh, Sawa, just as the president. President, Can we talk about that now? Yeah. Just, or- yeah, totally. Okay, number one, it has to be the goal of like every actor to like play the president at some time. Like, I think that's so cool. Have that <laughs> like your CV. President. Yeah, be like I finally I played the president. What is he? And he's the first independent elected, right? Is that the- right? Yes. Which is Talk also about, like is very a way to cross the aisles from a storytelling <laughs> basis to be like, yeah. let's not. We're, we're, it's, a, we're, it's a political setting, but, he, but he's also for a big like you know? fuck you to both sides, right? Yes. To yeah. just that be like. He's independent. I also love that he's Canadian and he's playing the president. <laughs> yeah. That's, I didn't realize Devin Saw was Canadian, actually. Yeah. I didn't know that yeah. either, actually. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. Is, this, you know what? This is really fucked up. This is illegal. He's taking American roles. <laughs> this is unbelievable. This is like when Henry Cavill became Superman. Yeah, man. He's already oh, got God. good health care. Like I know. Here. I, I laughed really hard, and it seemed like a very tongue-in-cheek like <laughs> moment when the dog bite in the elevator you guys, do you guys know oh, about because of uh, Biden's dog? Oh, Biden's Biden's dog. And that yeah, one dog has yeah. bitten like 12 people or something. What's like 12 the name of dog? Maverick. Maverick. Is it Maverick? Maverick? Is it Maverick? Maybe it's Major. Well, they, one of them died. The other one they got rid of. And then I think the third one is still biting Still people. biting people to this it's day. It's just like, it's like it doesn't belong. It doesn't belong in the White House. I don't blame, I don't blame the dog. The dog. No, I don't either. That's, I'm not, a that's dog not a house for a dog. But it's just funny that they, that worked its way into the thing. Yeah, yeah. but it was actually Chucky, not the doc. <laughs> Do you guys just want to talk about the each opening real quick? Uh, Justin yeah, said I that you took some notes. Yeah, yeah, so you sure. go for that. The first one, actually, I don't have what the first one opens with. I think you one of you flags. had what the first one opens with. Flags. That was the flags. flags. The American flags. Oh yeah, flags. Sorry. You said that, Max. Sorry. You know the episode title is "Murder at 1600." Mm-hmm. You know who directed Wait. the movie "Murder at 1600"? No. Steve Miner, I'm just going to guess. Dwight H. Little, who directed Halloween for the Return of Michael Myers. Whoa. Swear to God. It's funny because... Isn't that crazy? 
I was wondering because that's the only one of these that's not like horror adjacent. Like, you know, there's like dress to kill, but that's kind of a, you know, that's horror definitely. But I wonder if they picked, they felt like, okay, we can get away from it because Dwight directed it. It gets even better because guess what else Dwight H. Little directed? Halloween 4. Natty Knox. The Phantom of the Opera with Robert England. That's right. That's right. He did. I mean, these are crazy connections. So, is that good? Never saw it. Never saw it either. I'm sure it's not. I'm not sure it's not good. <laughs> uh, that's all, right. all I've really got for the. Uh, what about what's the, what's oh. the intro for episode two? So episode uh, three. Let the right one in is oh, episode oh. two. Obviously, yeah. after the 2008 Swedish Swedish vampire film, and also eyeballs. a TV show, and yeah, and an American remake yeah. as well. Yeah, eyeballs make up the logo. Now, this is notable because this episode and the third episode were both directed by John Hyams, mm-hmm. who directed Alone right. and Love Sick. Alone. Alone is great. Uh, Sick was, of course... Universal Pe- Soldier. It was a Peacock, too, I One believe. A Peacock movie. So it all makes sense. And, of course, Universal Soldier. Ironically enough, not for Universal Studios, but... That's um, Peter Hyams' son, right? It is Peter Hyams' son. Yeah. Are we just running through the episode titles and the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Episode three, Jennifer's Body. Amazing. Perfect, perfect title. I am such a moron. I was like, when it started, I'm like, how? I'm like, why does he give me a name that? They have to have someone named Jennifer. Because I, I, I think of her <laughs> as Tiffany. Tiffany yeah. And I was like, what the? And then during the court trial, I was like, oh, yeah, God damn it, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and that's <laughs> after the, the Karen Kusama movie, the Diablo yeah. Cody script, the, the famous movie now. Overrated, in my opinion. In oh. my opinion. Yeah, All I right, saw it recently. I'll let, yeah. I'll let you and Rachel. Right. Oh, are you a big fan, Rachel? Yeah. I mean, I yeah, I love that movie, but over no, wait, 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 which movie? Fine. Jennifer's body. body. Oh, it's all right. All right, all right you guys. We'll, <laughs> oh, no. we'll talk this about this clearly, later. Uh, wait, we'll have, have you guys covered? Have you covered later. this film before? Have you covered? We have Jennifer's not covered. Body? We've not covered. We have. Right. If we do, that so, we're legally obligated to have Jen on as well for the episode. Yeah, yeah. Me, me and Jen are going to have a separate little like no boys allowed. No, no, no. We have to be on. I would love to talk about it because. I did. I did enjoy it, but I. I think I didn't like. I saw it recently, so I don't know if I. Same, I yeah. missed the boat. I love the audition. I love that movie. But, mm. um, oh, I love Karen Kusama's <laughs> oh, other. Actually, I like your other movies as well. But oh, uh, oh, anyway, oh, we'll talk about Karen Kusama another time. <laughs> the fourth episode, Dan, you alluded to it, Dress to Kill after the Brian De Palma movie, and I was curious at first because I saw what. What are these, like yarn dolls or something, <laughs> making up the logo? I didn't understand why. Yeah. Oh, it's umbrellas. Yeah. No, no, no. They were were like voodoo dolls. We skipped three. Three was the umbrellas. Yeah. And four was was the Dambala dolls. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Which is great. Yeah. The umbrellas is because (laughs) Chucky kills (laughs) Keenan Thompson, who's a cab driver, with this umbrella in... It's brutal. It's, one, yeah. one it's of, amazing. It is Great amazing. Death. That absolutely amazing. I'll save it for Best one of the later, later yeah. sections. But that and the voodoo doll sequence just outdid wow. itself. That's yeah. what I'll say. Yeah. Wow. And, and I think the best thing about that sequence is that I, what I would like to think and hope is that we bring on more cameos like that, and which we do as we continue mm-hmm. in the series. But I think they could they could always do that. But they absolutely have to die in that episode <laughs> because that's the only that's the only way to like bring it's like it's a really fun thing. It's kind of like they did it last season with the the wrestler, the woman who was that's the, right, who was like hosting it somehow, hosting the show. Yes, yeah, yes. and but it's like, so funny. 
the like last man on earth like would always either end or begin with like will forte killing like a huge celebrity like it's always like oh I didn't realize you were here. That you know, it was like, but it's always it was just a great way to sprinkle in like, like Will you know, Ferrell that, in one that episode funny, gets killed like immediately. Yeah, and, yeah. John you know, Ham, John Ham, and Kristen Wiig. So yeah, that that that's just a, an awesome opening. So Jennifer Tilly shows back up and is basically her character is now on trial. She gets she gets taken in by the police, and she's. <laughs> She gets sentenced for what was it, 103 103 <laughs> acts of murder. <laughs> yes. And it's again a character I thought like what are you going to do with this guy? Still incredibly interesting. I, Love that storyline. Way once again with a great imaginative way to get her out of jail. And also too. Oh yeah. An imaginative way also during her court trial to bring everyone up to speed on the show. Like you were saying, oh, you, I mean, obviously it helps if you watch the first couple seasons, but I love how they're like, you know, you need to tell the truth. And she's like, eh, all right. And she actually does. And she goes through the entire series, well, like convoluted. Mm-hmm. On top of that, it's so funny. It's just, it's like, we're just going to jump all over the place. It's impossible not to with the show, I guess. Yeah. But that reminded me of the beginning of the first episode where the press secretary has a similar exposition dump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it comes out like it makes sense. She's... Mm-hmm. You know, talking to the the press, she's telling people about the family and this and that. So yeah. they do a good job of, like you said, keeping people up to up to date on the the Chucky happenings. Yeah. So something before we get too far, I just want to say so Chucky's killing people in the White House. We don't know why in the first couple episodes, uh, except for that he just wants to kill people. Gil Bellows is introduced as Warren Price, who's like a White <laughs> House aide, essentially wants to help keep everything like under wraps and, and quiet because he doesn't want this to get out because the president's image could be ruined, but clearly feels like he has an alternative and alternative he's, reasons for doing he's that. He's G Gordon right. Liddy, right? Like yeah, this is the yeah. whole <laughs> show. He's a more capable G Gordon Liddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, that's a whole, that's a new character introduced as well. I, I love uh, Gil Bellows popping up. Yeah. But you know, it, it's funny. I, I never was like a huge Ally McBeal fan. But my mom watched it, and every now and then I'd catch an episode. Mm. And I always say I like that guy. He was in. He would show up on Twenty Four. <laughs> you know what's really strange? Here's a here's a little anecdote for you, Halloweenies heads. He's in. So Gil Bellows, the actor, is in the movie Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Mm-hmm. And yes. there is the Bellows family in the movie, but he is not a member of that family. <laughs> so I don't know. Do you think when they did they cast him and then they named the family based on his name, or did yeah, they cast him they because they it. they were writing and they said. Oh, Bellows. You mean we should get we should it's, get that actor Gil Bellows as the father. It's like uh it's like Nancy Loomis being in Halloween, right? I think oh. it's just a coincidence, right? Oh, that's yeah, true. That maybe, maybe it is. Maybe we'll get we're gonna get Gil Bellows in the line. I wonder if Gil Bellows went to the um I always forget that director's name, did Last Voyage of the Demeanor and Control Hunter. I wonder Andre if he was like Overdahl. Overdahl. But like if he went to me, he's like, Yeah, I thought it was really funny that you cast me in that role and didn't put me it was a real Nancy Loomis situation. And he goes, Who the fuck are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, he's in Shawshank Redemption. Of course. Speaking of yeah. prison dramas, yeah. yeah. But Incredible. I always love. I, I, I always kind of forget he's around, you know, and he pops up, and I love him. And he you know, he's a great different. character actor. Who? Anyway, um. wait. Oh, I thought you said you know who's a great character. actor. No, I said he's yeah, a great character. Oh, I thought you did. I thought you said you know. Oh, I thought you were posing a question. That's why I went silent. I said, you know, he's a great. He's a great character actor. You know, he's a great character actor. His Ally McBeal co-star, Peter McNichol. Wonderful. Dragon Slayer. From Ghostbusters 2. Anyway, So bringing it back uh, a little here, it's episode two. There's a sequence where we see Chucky stalking Andy again. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, and God. did you guys fall for it? Yes. yes. I, I, I did. Too. I, I, I did. Like, because of that ending in season two where they walk away and you, essentially their stories are kind of done. And, and then in this scene, they're like happy and they think things are back to normal and it's done. And I just thought, well, you know what? They've had their run. They've been in season one and season two. Maybe, maybe it's time. Well, but then you know obviously it just ends up being a dream, Chucky's, and I love how they cut to him and he's, his eyes are closed. He's just <laughs> tackling. <laughs> it's so good. It, no, no, why I think it worked also is because by this point their teacher is dead, right? Mm-hmm. I think, right? Oh yeah, and, yeah. And that I actually kind of shocked me to be honest because yeah. it felt like I'm like, oh, I thought she was gonna be with them the whole time, and also because. She gets kind of strangled with the was the flag right over yes. her head. Some flag, yeah. I Oof. I kept thinking she was going to pop back to life and escape or something. She didn't. Mm. So I was like, okay, the show's going there. Like, can, can I have not... a note on that? Yeah, please. So it's Mrs. Fairchild. Dan, you're you are from the New Jersey, like the Hackensack area, you would say, right? Like the no, vicinity. Hackensack. Well, I mean, New Jersey's small. So, like you can drive across the whole state in two hours. Hackensack's more north. I'm I'm from. Close to Burlington, where the second season takes place. All right. Place. Well, here's my next. Yeah. My follow up is still has to do with this. So, and your and your mom's a teacher. She's been in, she's been in the education system. Yes. Okay. What's the pay situation? Because Miss Fairchild's house is unbelievable for being a, a, like a high school teacher. If I'm being quite honest, teachers make like a lot up here. Not for real. Like I, I mean, not well, like maybe that's a commentary on how well they get paid in New Jersey. Because yeah. that house is awesome. I, I don't know how she was affording the house. They're not like millionaires or anything like that. But the whole. I think kind of cliche of like, oh, teachers are severely underpaid. I mean, I don't want to speak for all teachers, but I know my mom was a superintendent. She was been a teacher here. They get paid a lot better in the Northeast than they do in other places. Also, those kids are all orphans. They probably oh, that's right. inherited. Maybe they Especially Lexi inherited all that money too. Probably. Yeah. Also, right? did yeah. you know that that Lexi, the actual actress, the lady who played her mom, is her actual real life mom? You know what, Rachel? Uh-huh. I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> yes, that's Barbara <laughs> Allen Woods. Yeah. Who, of course, was a co-star in Ghoulies 4. Oh, great. Directed oh, by Jim Wynorski. <laughs> I just watched it, it yesterday. I finished it. Gang. You finished it. Wow. I'm going to give it the rare 1 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> abysmal. It Real quick. Ghoulies, the original Ghoulies, look like Ghoulies 2. I mean, which I, I so affect you. I just saw, for. I was jokingly showing Susan picture comparisons of Ghoulies oh, this is infuriating and trashing them and she oh. was like Ghoulies and for those of you who don't know Ghoulies 2 it's very cool looking animatronics and puppets Ghoulies 4 it's literally two little people that just slap some demon makeup on it's, it's like and a so bad showing, mask it's not even makeup it looks it's like a bad mask so I showed her Ghoulies 4 just a picture and she's like that's not that bad that's not Ugh. that bad and we, and we watched the opening scene and oh boy it, mm, is it is bad horrible oh like I, like made me feel embarrassed bad it was yeah Mac <laughs> so <laughs> let's get back on track, Rachel, huh? <laughs> Where were we? Literally. Mrs. Fairchild. Oh, the teacher, Mrs. Fairchild. Okay, we Mrs. figured Fairchild it out. Gets... Rachel made a great point that the kids, at least Lexi, probably inherited a lot of money. Yes. And they were able to afford the house. And okay, this that does make sense to me. It does make sense to me. Okay. We're update we're gonna update Wikipedia. <laughs> yes, please. The whole thing is what's great about this is it, once again season opens you're like all right this is an interesting show it's in the white house now cool and you know we still have our, our original crew trying to find chucky the season th- episode three though Ugh. when to, once it starts going back and exploring the reasons why chucky's Ugh. there it opens it up so much in a way that 
is so incredibly satisfying. And maybe it's just because we get so much of Chucky. And I love when Chucky is spending time and talking to like the really young kids yeah. because it's such a funny dynamic there because so much just goes over their heads, mm-hmm. but he's just being this just awful. Oh, it's so twisted. And I love yeah. his relationship with, with the, the, um, the sister. Yeah. It's Car- Caroline, right? Caroline. Yeah. It's so fun. It feels gradual too, because she sees him kill Keenan Thompson and she doesn't participate. And then they go to that house in Amityville and you're like, Oh, this is it. She's going to kill a bunch of people. And she doesn't, she watches, which is still messed up, obviously. And so I feel like the ramp up feels very realistic. I wouldn't have believed it if she had just started hacking up people with Chucky. Mm -hmm. I agree. Like even watching him like stick the umbrella down Keenan's throat, (laughs) you know, like you're like, ooh. So I'm I'm curious where they're going to go with her because I also feel like if they have her start killing people, then it's going to be a harder road to redemption, which I'm assuming they're going to at least try that, you know, almost. Well, this show so good subvert, uh, subversions, but I, yeah. I feel like she is absolutely going to viciously murder somebody. Yes, uh, yeah, at some point, right? Her teacher, right, Mrs. Sherman or Shepard? Oh, yeah, uh, that yeah, might yeah. be the. She's, capper, on, she's yeah. on Chucky's kill list. I love how he pulls that up on his phone. Yeah. I also like, love that she is. This joke has also been going strong for twenty five years. She's she keeps. She said she read the Voodoo for Dummies book like start to finish. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> a bright Chucky. That that joke is still going strong for twenty five years. But there's mention of, yeah, what you said, they go to the Amityville house because it's Crazy. incredibly rich with, with evil. And he says, it's a Dutch colonial, you know, Elm Street, Twin Peaks. He's like, what the <laughs> fuck is up with the Dutch? <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love uh-huh. it. So love it. It doesn't work. He's trying to essentially, you know, again, get back in favor with Dembala. So then they end up at the White House because what other house in America so is evil. saturated and and dirty deeds and ghosts and haunts and lore, which ties in with what the little boy's reading, all these haunted accounts in the White House. So it all ties together perfectly. I, it's not that I doubted it, but I I didn't realize I needed it to be that interconnected. And so when they started exploring that in episode three, I was just like, yes, it was just like filling all these little holes in me. Yeah. Cause I was on board with just the fact that Chucky is just trying to cause havoc in the white house, but then exactly. to add the element to it, just it only makes it funnier. You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah. When they say the Amityville house, like this house isn't evil enough, think exactly. bigger. And it's just like, Oh my God, that's so funny. And so in line with everything that this, entire franchise has been doing right just that very self-aware like social commentary and it's it just takes it to a whole other level and it's like people know if if they've never even seen an amityville movie they know what that house looks like that's all yeah. you need to do is just see that house. Well, they and explain you know, it. Right? Like he even says, yeah. he's like, "Oh, DeFeo's got no, you know, like I'm exactly yeah, yeah. nothing on uh, me." And she's uh, like, "Huh?" Really? And he's like, "Oh, kids," and like explains it. It's so so like, like fucking funny. <laughs> I'm talking with Chucky now. 1974 murder. I think to the progression from Amityville to the white house, like the whole conceit of this season, right? Like Chucky goes to the white house. I feel like in other horror franchises, it almost becomes a joke for something. Like you said earlier, jumping the shark, like, Oh, Jason goes to space or, you know, and in a way, this season is that gimmick. It's, oh, Chucky goes to Washington, totally. but it do- never feels like a gimmick. Like they really earn it's it. Earned. Yeah. It treats it yeah. so seriously. And I love that it's, I mean, that's really smart going from, okay, like, oh, this 
the Amityville house is actually small potatoes compared to the White yep. House, which is much, compared, which is responsible for so much more death and genocide and everything. And it also gives you an excuse to explore some of these like other subgenres that we haven't before, like the whole like heist and conspiracy plot line, <laughs> yeah. you know, like the Nixon Watergate stuff, and they're planning on how to infiltrate. Like it's so funny to me, and like how how would they ever have been able to like kind of squeeze that in and so it gives you so much other film history to tap into yep. and american history to tap into that it's like i just never imagined that would make its way into it keeps, yeah hopping genres you know crossing over they're mm-hmm. also working in what may be a ghost yeah oh yeah you, you know guys, joseph there's, there's gonna be ghosts in this right this there's is like a screen ghosts. dream come true where they're gonna do it for chuck it is it was like they're double downing on like it is a ghost like like i think he's seeing joseph was joseph gonna joseph's ghost gonna save the day here at the end well that's the episode four question i have which we'll hold off on if you're well, if no you're we're we're there four. justin we're All there right. here's my question did yeah. anybody else think that they were gonna go full don't look now reference Oh, uh, I did. I did. No, no, I, I have to admit that did not cross my mind, but that's cool. I it like crossed that. my mind. It was the exact same setup. Oh I'm, my gosh, what if she pulls it dead... off and it's like an older woman. Oh, no. <laughs> it would have well, Essentially, it would have been because he would have been old Chucky, where, right? And don't look now for people who haven't... I guess ah. we can't really spoil don't look now. But anyway, in this episode, Whoops. you know, he's chasing after <laughs> what he thinks is his son, It's and it disappears. And then again, at the end, chases after what he thinks is his son, and he yeah. encounters it with its back with his back turned... Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he turns it around slowly. I swore I thought that that was going to be the end of President Collins, but it didn't happen. Well, and he was dressed as Kennedy, too. I, I thought that was yes. like yes. going to be it. Be yes. a, like, oh, he's going to get assassinated at the mm-hmm. party. And that's another great thing is that oh. Sawa has died, and his death in season two was <laughs> oh. awesome. Oh, oh my God. gosh, you guys, he's totally going to die. Like, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. He's toast. Or maybe they, it's maybe, the maybe that's the surprise. Maybe that's the surprise, right? Like you know they, what? They better kill him because I want him to die in every season. Oh, he'll I, just, die. I think that's such I, a great gimmick. It's such a great bit. It's a great bit. Ultimately, we have easily one of the most memorable and brilliant moves by Don Mancini is having Chucky dressed as the Phantom of the Opera. Okay. Now this is what we're talking about. <laughs> I there you know, Dan, Dan, you said like for the years the funniest thing Chucky's ever said is Park is piece of shit until you watch the first season of the show, the second season yeah. of the show. Every single time they cut to Chucky, <laughs> and by the way, the entire episode he is in full like Claude Rains era family opera get up with the very mask, regal, the very, very regal. regal, the cape, <laughs> the hat, <laughs> and just the way they have him moving because he's very sad that he's aging and dying, so it's like very somber the way he's like kind of walking through the White House. It's dramatic. And like that, that placid look on his face. Like, I was we'll sending just screenshots. I was seeing, I sent a screenshot to Randall today, and I said, don't share this with anybody. I, said, I had to share like a screenshot of just him at the table, like motionless, <laughs> just with that <laughs> stupid mask on. But, I mean, I could have watched like two hours well, of that. I was just laughing so much at that that, that cute little outfit on him. And well, no, it's <laughs> so fucking... And then the reveal, obviously, when... It's not its real hair either. It's just like the family. <laughs> I just thought. I think. Oh. I think because obviously part of him is dressing like the Phantom because he's unscrewing the chandelier. He's playing yes. music. He's doing many of the things that the Phantom does. Is kind of it's kind of like a sixth sense of humor. Mm. But then he's also sincerely getting into the yep. Phantom sadness. Just so that's just like like uh-huh. <laughs> like is that's that, that that's almost like not a bit. It's almost like he's it's like listening to emo music for him or something. It, it, <laughs> 
Yeah, the, I, the, the, I the I ending loved line, it. the "I'm fucking dying," <laughs> and then the, the end of episode was just, I mean, perfect, perfect. Yeah, I, I I'm just in love with it. Every every time he was on the screen, I was just cackling, cackling. Oh, so fucking funny. I, I I I I turned to myself and I just thought, if I. I, I've got to own a Chucky doll now, but not just any Chucky. I, I need that regalia. I need the that Phantom, outfit. The, the Phantom, Phantom Chucky. Chuck. Oh my god! I would, I, you like, know what? You know me. I don't buy a lot of stuff. That? They got to be selling would, that this year. I would love oh. to. Have I mean, that. just get a regular Phantom costume and then put like little red hair. <laughs> Imagine like a little Funko Phantom Chucky doll, though. I mean, no, but I need like the full like. It's Chucky with the Phantom, everything Phantom, but you can take off that. Oh, and it's Chucky, but then you can take that off and it's old Chucky. I mean, give me the whole one, two, three punch. You know mm. what Chucky looks like when he takes off the, the wig and, and the hat and the, and the mask? He looks like Lance Tavoli from Halloween two, from Halloween Kills, <laughs> who um, is chased at the hospital and jumps out the window. Mm. The insane yeah. asylum guy. Yeah. He yeah. looks like Lance Tavoli. Well... <laughs> A lot more stuff happens in this episode, so let me just run through that real quick. We get Tiffany using her Dumbala doll to kill Evelyn. Oh, oh, so funny. Who's essentially like Martha Stewart, right? Yeah. That's what I thought that was supposed to be. Uh, I was trying to think of what is the Nia Vardolos connection to to, to Mancini? No idea. I I don't know. So random. She's like the big fat Greek wedding. Yeah. 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 Right, yeah. Star, right? And writer and stuff. But like, no idea. But you know what I, Let's look the thing up. is, like, I think it's so fascinating. And the Keenan Thompson thing, too. Like, it just says something about this show and this franchise. It's like, wait, you're able to pull these other people who are traditionally non genre people. Exactly. Like, well, I cannot the- believe that they got me, like, got her, my big fat Greek wedding, to do this character and to die in this way like that is wild to me <laughs> i feel, oh, I have a question sorry my god sorry i know i feel like it's 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 much like the the wrestling woman from season two that yeah. was maybe they just are like oh i would love to do that and be killed and just it's a one episode commitment and it's chucky yeah. chucky's like hugely it's i mean think about all the other horror franchises have like come and gone I mean the big ones, you know, like there there aren't sequels to some of those, you know, like I mean Halloween, obviously, but Chucky is like still <laughs> incredibly out there, something new every every year, every couple of years or whatever, you know. So I wonder if it's like their fans is at some level and just want to be killed. Like it doesn't matter who you are. I think about David Cronenberg wanting to get killed by Jason. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like it doesn't matter. It doesn't Absolutely. matter where you are on the totem pole. Like it's just that's just hilarious. She was on a TV show called The Good Guys. Uh, like Good Guy Dolls. Who knows? <laughs> well, maybe. Wait, she was. Yeah, because she's got another. She's got another My Big Fat Greek Wedding movie coming out. I wonder if that's Universal Studios. It already did. Okay. <laughs> it already. It is. It's Universal. Ah, there we go. That's probably uh, a connection. Are. That's probably a connection. Universal and Focus Features. There we go. But, okay. She's got some. Chicago pedigree because she was. Uh, well, I thought maybe oh, it was fo- a Jennifer Tilly connection. Maybe, maybe. focus features. Cruise. If you want a big history of oh, focus features go. and rogue picture, look go go to our uh, of Bride of Chucky episode, which was our Seed of Chucky episode. Sorry, yeah. um, which was yeah. around the same time as Big Fat Greek Wedding. Yeah. So maybe there's a little connection there. Yeah, I'm not going to go too much into her death because we might explore that in another yeah. category. Mm-hmm. A great performance of the the Dumbala mm-hmm. dolls. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's she's great really scene. good on the show. For, and various reasons, for various reasons, yeah. Another character that's introduced in this episode is the the babysitter Annie, 
who's dressed up as Mary Poppins, doesn't stick around for very long, but it's a very interesting character that like may or may not be able to see. She's ghosts. got the shining. The shining. Yeah, she's got the shine. <laughs> and then she's gone. <laughs> and of course, you introduce family opera. You gotta make good with the chandelier. Oh, and man. boy, they do. That chandelier yes. breaks and falls. And I love, again, this is like stuff that would never work in any other franchise, but when that reporter is cut in half and is still alive and takes a selfie and then dies, like it's so stupid. <laughs> I that's, that's so a character like wild. I didn't I'm kind of I was kind of surprised that that character got killed off because it's like yeah. what was she doing but I, I feel like that was just kind of a red herring thing where she's like the hmm I'm the investigative reporter exactly. like let's see what's yeah. going on here and maybe then she's just pictures. gone <laughs> maybe we'll see what's yeah. in her camera later on it's like bringing mm. Ms., like you were talking about Rachel like, it's like bringing back Miss Fairchild and then two episodes later she's dead like it's like you don't know who's gonna live or die on the show I don't know if you guys so you know we got screeners <laughs> 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 but like I don't know if you guys noticed the, oh, like the, the, the production numbers. No, I said we. we. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because even so, episode two and three, if you look at their like numbers, it was like they're reversed. So mm. episode three was is like 302, mm. and episode two is 303. So I think originally it was like. I th- I think I know why they did that if they did because if if you truly are seeing season three as an entry point for for new fans, at, you know, now that season one and two are kind of buttoned, sticking with the White House storyline for two episodes kind of gives you a good yeah, place setting oh, to yeah. then all of a sudden be like, okay, here's a big flashback story where we're like going to throw all this stuff at you that that now you know who's who. In the main I, yeah. story, Although, and now we can do that and not lose the thread. Yeah. I will say, if they were initially, because I, I feel like they were always playing on doing all eight episodes at the same time, but for a variety of reasons, they couldn't. Mm-hmm. If they were playing that, I wonder if they would have stuck with that and had episode three as episode two. So I, I, who knows? And, I and think it's interesting. The way though, it builds just, is really good to build and, can, and culminate in episode four after where we have season episode three. So I think like Fairchild, though, like she would have been killed. It wouldn't have felt so like. Yeah, abrupt. Oh, like yeah. so abrupt because it would actually have been like another episode later. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they maybe switched it because of what you said, I think it's like no, we need to actually get into the story a little bit more before we do this ma- this whole episode of flashback. I think it works better this way. I do too. I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that the greatest thing that this show has pulled off is that like nothing is precious. Like, mm-hmm. it's like they will kill off huge characters because guess what? <laughs> Some of them will just return as a different character next season, you know? Yeah. So it's like they can, they have that ability to to do that and they have the ability to bring in these huge celebrities and then kill them. You know, I mean, it it is really working in their, in their favor. It's, it's really cool. In many ways, it's like, a, it's like a horror movie in which everybody dies except for the main three. Yeah. Yeah. As the seasons have gone on, you know? So I have a question for everybody. Did Chucky make his quota? He, he didn't. He have to say he had to kill six? only six. He killed more than six. Oh, he killed yeah. like seven additional. Right. I think, in, right? In like he, way. He, he said he does end up saying that he he killed thirteen, and I thought that was funny. Thirteen <laughs> ghosts, and I love the Dumbala. Why have you forsaken me? <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny to me. <laughs> oh God! And also, we didn't mention that the our our three heroes are dressed up as good guy dolls, variations of the good guy dolls. Yes, coming They're into the like party, the village which is people. really funny. 
Yeah. Village people takes on a, but it is like, if you look at the original good guy doll, like packaging, I think it is, there's like a hard hat chunky. Mm -hmm. There's a, you know what I mean? Like that's, I I really like that little touch. Um, is there anything else that we haven't talked about? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. The first lady is played Mm -hmm. by Laura Jean Churostecki, who was the crazy nun in season two. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Yes. And wow. yeah, because she, she had the habit on. I, it's exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I knew her oh. more because she was also Freddie Lowndes and Hannibal, the TV show oh. Hannibal. Oh, right, right. And obviously, Don Mancini and, and Nick Antosk and a bunch of people worked on Hannibal. And, yeah. and speaking of returning people, do you recognize who the vice president is? Oh, of course. Yes. It's a Terrio from yeah. not only Cult of Chucky, but season one, the dad, yeah, Lexi's dad. <laughs> Lexi's dad, Lexi's dad, Lexi's dad in season one and the evil the, psychiatrist the in Cult yeah, or, yeah, of Chucky. Yeah. So it's not just Devin Sawa then. I mean, it's like every adult almost yeah. is coming back as multiple roles. It's like then, which his, also, little, his, little, his little ensemble. He keeps bringing back. But you know what? It, like, I love this because it shows that like this idea of like consistency and continuity, it goes so much deeper than just the narrative. Mm-hmm. Like this is a fam- the family of Chuck, right? And just how this team values not only the cast, but also, uh, uh, yeah, not only the story, yeah. but the cast it's and the family. crew and the people. Mm-hmm. And they're going to bring him back if they can. And I love that. It, tying back to what you were saying a second ago about it being like a horror movie where it's like only the kids survive. I mean, yeah, the kids are the only constants. Well, I mean, I guess the other stars are constants, but, you know, play- it, it's almost like Peter Pan where like the dad always plays Captain Hook kind mm. of thing, you know, mm. like seeing it from that perspective. I did not know that all those other people were double. Is there yeah. anyone else who's doubling up that adults? That is all I, that, unless all. somebody else snuck by, that's all I picked up. I'm not and maybe imagine. we'll get more as it goes on, but that's all maybe. I've seen. So I, I have a that's feeling cool. we will. And mm-hmm. where this differs too from like a returning cast, say the Haunting of Hill House, how they they keep bringing over the same cast members to do, you know, or... Like the idea that this, like Rachel was saying, with it being a through line and not mattering, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like they're, and again, they're not. Yeah, it's not like Devin Sawa's face is so disfigured we can't tell it's him. This isn't like Deadwood where they're recasting the same. You know, like where mm-hmm. it's like, uh, I'll I'll let it. I'll let you have it because <laughs> that guy's you know because Garrett Dillon's a great actor. But like, I feel like it's weird. It works, and and. and and I'm not like upset about it. If anything, I'm excited to see who they're going to play in the next That's season right. well, and how they're going to die. <laughs> it's, it's a funhouse reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no real yeah. rules to, well, why is the same person? Wouldn't she recognize this as her dad? No, just accept it. It's a new character and we're moving on. The end. Yeah. There's, no, mm-hmm. there's no jokes. You know, it's just we're moving on. So we've talked about them a lot. Let's just get right to it. Presto, you're dead. So, who's next? Best kill. <sighs> Who wants to go first? And this is across the whole series. Okay. If you want. Oh, shut up. The whole oh, series. Oh, I only have season three. I don't even have the first. I, I mean, say, I, at least for this I, I will season. say, I think season even with three the whole series, has I some, think of, so. the these are some of the best. best. Yeah. yeah, so go for I'll it. I'll say this. I'm watching this show and knowing that it's just sitting there like on USA <laughs> and Sci Fi Channel. And I'm thinking about all the hell all of the all of our all of our favorite horror movies from the eighties had to go through that were not nearly as violent. Yeah. Right? I'm thinking about maybe not my favorite death, but like Andy getting stabbed to death. In the 
face. In the face <laughs> repeatedly for like a minute is so realistic. And I'm just, I couldn't believe they were able to get away with it, first of all. And also, yeah. it's also just, I, I really do think that he was dead. I really thought that they were doing this and they were just, that's a, that's a wrap. Yeah. There's other ones, but I, I had to point that, that scene out that was so jarring to me. Yeah. And it's one thing where you're like, you know, we were watching some of these on screeners. So I was like, is that the final cut that makes it to TV? I watched episode three live on the, and it absolutely is yeah. incredibly violent and stays. I mean, it's, it's, it's intense. Um, so Justin, that you're saying that, that, that. Well, I'll just, I just want to give that oh, honorable mention because okay. I feel like other people will say even more deserving ones. So please go sure, ahead. Sure, sure. Yeah. There's a few other ones you could choose from. Rach? Yeah. Okay. So. I'm going to wait too. I'm going to say a different one that I thought oh, yeah. was crazy. <laughs> oh. um, all right, all right. One, that, one that like made me laugh because what I like about all of these, what I love about all these kills, they feel extended yeah. and they like, it's oh, like, long, they, yeah. they, you know, they go one step further than you're kind of anticipating yes. it. And the, the, pre, like the secretary or the assistant, the president's like assistant oh with her, with her head. <laughs> like that was a, per, like, gets her throat slit and you're like oh, okay that, like, yeah. that's that i guess they killed her off but then it just like keeps going and her head falls back and it's just like oh my god and then you get her upside down pov of chucky uh-huh like it after just her head's dangling off the back of her neck it just oh. goes those extra few steps and it's so funny because you can feel how intentional like it's not rushed they take mm-hmm. their time mm-hmm. and they don't shy away from it they hold on it and i it just it, it gives me such joy which is such a weird thing to say i know but. we're sick people <laughs> so only, I, I, only on the big really only like on the silver one. screen do i enjoy these things i assure you i'm not i'm not, I'm yes. not on live leaks you know what i mean <laughs> they can't do it <laughs> yeah i no. talked about that today i it, it's a totally different thing yeah it's still, real violence still irks me I, you know you, i don't feel like you can be desensitized by real violence and i mean uh-huh. Well, I think you're not. watching a lot of that, sure. But if you're watching fake horror films like this, you killer know, like, doll, it's a different, <laughs> yeah. totally different. Thing. That doesn't hurt, Dan. I'll be the guy who says it. It's Keenan Thompson with the umbrella, and oh, for several yeah. reasons why. <laughs> Honorable okay, mention to to Devin Sawa's death, just season with Chucky two? using puke as a no. That was season one. Where, um, oh, season the drunk one. dad. Oh god, okay. Okay. with Chucky oh, using yeah. puke as a means to electric. Anyway, just want to yeah. shout that out, but. The Keenan Thompson one, because A, the length, it just goes on longer and longer. Yep. The f- I thought it was just going to stab him with the umbrella. The fact that it goes down the throat, it actually reminded me of a Hannibal death. Uh, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched Hannibal. Don't listen now. It's when Jillian Anderson shoves her whole arm down a dude's yes. throat to kill him. And you, I'm, I like always get really grossed out by throats swelling up with objects inside them. Ugh, and yeah. the fact that that's how Chucky actually kills Keenan. Oh. And then of course, and I knew this was going to happen before it did, but the fact that he releases and expands the umbrella while it's still in his, th- I mean, just like a, <laughs> a hero's journey, three part <laughs> arc of death. I couldn't believe it. And it actually, I was laughing because it was so ridiculous, but I was also kind of wincing. I'm like, oh my God, this is a little bit hard to watch because the effects are so good and it's so prolonged. And then also when they immediately show guest starring Keenan Thompson, like, yes. Right? Yes. That's perfect. It was, it's funny because I rewatched Halloween H2 originally 
And it's always weird to me that like Joseph Gordon-Levitt dies. And then like five, 10 minutes later, we see the credits with like special appearance by him. It like feels like the movie forgot he was dead. We just did this. Yeah. But doing it this way makes a joke out of it. It's really funny. Yeah. So yeah. it's just everything I love about the show distilled into one kill. So, but obviously there are. Aren't they in Times Square too? So it's like a, yep. a Jason takes yeah, Manhattan yeah, kind yeah, of exactly. vibe. Too. Yeah. <laughs> are, are one of you guys going to say the voodoo doll? I mean, that one's really good too. But honestly, I initially had Sawa's explosion death in two because <laughs> they yeah. show it like yeah. multiple That's times. Good, yeah. <laughs> But but then I watched that episode with the Keenan kill, and I thought, and, and and to Rachel's point, it was so long. I just thought it has to be this. Like this is brutal. <laughs> like and they just they're just showing the whole thing, and and then you get the 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 the, the Dembala doll kill, you know, with with Evelyn, which is also incredibly violent. Mm-hmm. When she peels her fingers with the veggie she peeler. Peels her fingers. <laughs> hey, it makes good on the, the cheese grater aspect thing from Evil Dead. Uh, yeah. I, I, that's the first thing a, I thought of was people making a big deal about the cheese grater thing from Evil Dead. And I thought even this scene in Child's Play was more d- disturbing to me, I felt like. Yeah. With the, yeah. With oh, the yeah. grater. I don't know. Also, like self. Yeah, kind of virtuosic comedic performance by absolutely. You know, yeah. I mean, just I mean, it's like vaudeville or something. It's great. Even yeah. even Teddy, this this like secret service guy in the first one, like that's oh, a brutal yeah. kill. Yes, because it's like it feels very like quick, but just like how gory it is and the eyeball and like oh my god, it's so gross. <laughs> I'm not sure about you three, but one of my initial concerns about this show coming to TV was that it was going to be sanitized. Yeah, but it's filthier <laughs> no. and it's probably even more language. Than there was in the yeah. movies. Didn't they joke about that in season two that he's a, Chucky's allowed ten? That, yeah, because it, it's when yeah. they break the fourth yeah. wall. I think it's when he's like hosting <laughs> one of the, the with the with the wrestlers. Yeah, the wrestlers. Like, yeah, yeah. That's why he yeah. says them all when he's yeah. yeah. Very very funny. I wanted to say real quick that then in the voodoo doll kill stuff that happens that uh, you know you get you get the bishop knife game from aliens. Mm. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. You also get the way that she. Stabs herself in the back is like Linda and Evil Dead too. It's the weird turnaround stabbing oh, yeah. herself in the back thing, uh-huh. and then the throwing your head in the in the, like the boiling water or the the grease is is very Halloween too. So I, I just liked I liked how all of those were kind of like it's all know, ash. Death scene, yeah. It's like Ash and Evil Dead um, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's like the, yeah. it's like that same type of manic you're possessed energy. Cool. Well, we just have to do it. Great graphics. What do you know? I beat my high score. <laughs> so we've already been kind of talking about this a little bit, but I called a little bit of this stuff from a Screen Rant interview and a, an interview I found on the Emmys website of all places. All right. The Emmys, folks. But special effects supervisor Jeff Scotchko for season three said in an interview that the mantra of the show is as many practical elements as we can get in front of the lens. Mm-hmm. And the SPFX supervisor, Josh LaCroix said that about 70% is practical with 30% being digital. So let me ask you this, where, whereas the digital effects seem to stand out in the films, how and why do you think these hold up or don't hold up in the show? I think the most glaring. I mean, there's a couple parts of Chucky where it's obvious. It's like CGI. Like I think in, the, in one of the scenes in the Oval Office when he's when he gets it from the 
the table or I can't remember. I was a little too obviously CGI. But what the only thing that turns me off, but I promise you there's a positive at the end of this, is like just how fake like the White House exteriors look. That mm. looks pretty fake. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say and so I felt like it was a little detached the first couple episodes, but then I thought to myself, well, if they're gonna pour their budget into something, I would rather them pour their budget into like a wonky true sci-fi channel movie looking yeah. exterior for the white house and then do all these great practical gore effects, which it, I mean, I'm sure some of it is CGI, but it looks pretty damn good, whatever they're doing with a lot of those kills. So I would rather the budget go towards that as opposed to vice versa, where it's like this gross CGI blood fest, you know, I, I I'm fine with it. I can accept it. Yeah, I think completely agree. I think, yeah, I think that's the big thing. They're putting their money where they know that fans want it, right? Yes. <laughs> They're like, you know, yeah, the clouds and that moon look ridiculous, but like, who cares? <laughs> like, the kills exactly. look great. <laughs> and yep, Chucky right. looks great for the most part. And there, I mean, obviously, there is like a surreal element to this entire franchise. And mm-hmm. the whole idea is just very surreal. And so having those exteriors and kind of the outside world, having some moments that feel a little bit otherworldly and cheesy and fake, it's okay to me because the doll looks great most of the time. And even yeah. the times when it is digital, when he's doing, you know, weird faces or whatever, it's okay. There's enough practical that it, I can forgive it. Okay. So, yeah. They, so they were saying that they, they, they use roughly about five dolls per season and that usually it's like as much practical as they can in front of the camera. And then they do add some effects to the doll or the face or actions or movements if they need to kind of thing. But, but I, I agree in terms of, with the settings and the the backdrops and all that stuff, you know, especially with the white house, it is one of those scenarios too. It's like, well, you have these incredibly sophisticated mechanical puppets. Like, do you want to take it all the way out in the world? And you know what I mean? Like, I, so a lot of those scenes, it makes kind of makes sense that they're doing that. Also a lot of, they actually have like an oversized Chucky mechanical doll that for mm. like close-ups and things so that they could do more mechanical movements. Oh, like Gizmo. That's what they did so, with Gizmo, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like you don't notice it because the perspective of the camera is making you think it's just Chucky size. But uh, I, I thought that was interesting because I didn't know that they were doing that. that, that I didn't that, either. That's really cool, actually. They said that they purchased like up to 75 to 80 dolls essentially for the season two stuff. So that's the most that they've had, like in in Chucky. But you're right; you're absolutely right. I would rather get, you know, like a fake moon or fake backdrop, because that chandelier is real. Yeah, they crashed wow. that thing. They they built it to break, and it was, uh, you know, they said it was easily the biggest effect that they've done at this point. But that bigger stuff is coming, and I, and oh, obviously wow. it is. You, you Kaiju know, Chucky. Hi, they're gonna. Do you know they're gonna like blow up the White House? Yes, it's blown wild. Up. And and essentially these, you know, communication, right? Like the, like, the, and we were talking about this with the family, with the cast, and everything. I think it's also with the crew. I think all the teams are working together. Like, I mean, if you're gonna spray blood all over a set, you gotta talk to the set dressers and the set people first. You know, so like they just said that. The way they get all this stuff done is just you've got to have the communication and that everybody's just really tight and collaborative on the set. And it shows. It really shows. And you feel it feels cohesive. And you're just like every single time there's like some kind of big stunt or something, you're like, how do they do this? And obviously, like we said, they're pouring the budget into what the people want, which is mm-hmm. the effects 
the deaths and all that stuff. So pretty brilliant. Does anyone have like a particular favorite effect from this season? Oh man. I know we've talked about uh, a lot of things. Just, yeah. 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 Just deaths, right? yeah. It's all yeah. time yeah. Pretty, gore pretty, pretty for me. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And just seeing Chucky like age is really funny. Yeah. To oh, me. that's yes, that's very funny. It's funny because when he aged, I love the makeup. It actually he actually looked more like the original eighties Chucky because it has that kind of garbage pail kidsy mm-hmm. you know, yeah, caked right. on quality. Whereas, like, so it was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was like a little uh, little throwback. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh we gotta move on to our second to last category. Is Chucky dead? Come on, let's get out of here. He's Hold on, mine. Hold on. Okay, let me just say he's not. He's dying. He's dying, but he's not dead. We've got four more episodes. Dan seems perplexed. Oh, no, yes. no, no, no. I think it, I think he is dying. I was just gonna ask. Do you think Don Mancini and co have an ending in mind? Do you think that they I are writing toward an ending? Like for the se- this like season or just in no, the series as a whole? Is this the final se- uh, season? I don't know for a series. I don't think that they want that to end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, hey, it's still going strong. So I'll, I read an interview with Mancini where they were talking, they were talking about like, where do you go from here? Like, do you, do you feel like you're going to jump the shark somehow? having already jumped the shark so much with all this stuff. And he was very not talking about the end at all. It just felt like there's always ideas and there's always like places to go. And I just feel like they're so tight knit. Mm -hmm. I think it would have to be, it would not be his decision. I think if they ended it after this season. We're also, unfortunately, you know, we're in a very unique time because yeah, you know, the strikes are still going or the the actor strike is still going on. So, and the writers are still more or less in solidarity with the actors at this point. They're still not doing a lot of yeah. interviews or anything like that. And so it's it's been a strange season that we, we've had a month of this show, but there hasn't been any anything on social media from the, the from Mancini or from the actors. It's I hope that people watch this. I really do because it's so imaginative. It's a ima- mm-hmm. it's more imaginative than a lot of these other pop culture mm-hmm. shows that have become phenomenons in my humble opinion maybe even a certain netflix show they le- the actors at least legally can't promote it right i know what i'm saying because right, they're yeah. they're, they're it's which is funny because chucky they're in a unique position because chucky can promote it and is out there promoting yep. it but wait <laughs> really with well, doris doll voice doing it. No, no not with not doris no uh, just like on social <laughs> like, media the doll is commenting I, I just think all it's time. funny that yeah that, they also you know, just said yeah, that for the actors, not the writers, but for the actors, I, I don't even think they're allowed to dress in Halloween costumes Halloween. that yeah. have major studio IP. But, I mean, I guess the actors wouldn't dress up like Chucky characters, but the, the rest of us But they did make an amendment. They did say if you're a child actor, I think they said it's okay. Yeah. The first thing <laughs> they're saying, like, they kids really? can't did do it. Really I think people that? are like, let's all calm down for it. just I a thought moment. You, I thought you were going to say... Mm-hmm. They made an amendment that if you're a chucklehead, it's okay. You no, can dress no, like Chucky. <laughs> only dress as Chucky. That's it, kid. Sorry. I guess you could because hey. he's not a real, you know, yeah. <laughs> mythological uh, creature. I I introduced this category as is Chucky dead, but it's actually uh, you know what they say. You just can't keep a good guy down, and that's a little behind the scenes here. I had the wrong thing highlighted. <laughs> so on that note, let's move to our final thoughts and. 
Park this piece of shit. Now park this piece of shit. Actually, how about we just pull over and leave the car running because we still have half a season coming our way (laughs) in the following year. So for now, let's just share our thoughts of the season so far. Uh, Just a quick roundup, ultimately where you you might think it's headed. And um, let's go with uh, one to five phantom masks. Mm. Uh, Here, I'll go first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, where is it headed? I don't know. I mean, even... Even when I found out that the season was going to be in the White House, I don't think the season has played out so far like I expected it to. Mm-mm. I don't think anything on the show has played out like I expected it to. I'll, I'll just make some minor predictions. I don't think they're going to kill Devin Sawa this season. I think they're going to make you think the president's going to get assassinated, but he doesn't. Mm. I'll make a wild prediction. I think they're going to bring back Justin Whalen in some kind of way. Mm. Not as Andy Barclay, I don't think, but I think he's going to come back into the picture. Hmm. I'm trying to think what I think the core plot of the second half of this season is going to be. I have no, I mean, I have no idea. No clue. I mean, I kind of want it to be like Chucky going on a road trip by himself and find, you know, searching his soul as he, as he knows. No, that's gotta be season four. That's gotta be season four. (laughs) Yeah. So I'll say those things. I, and look, I'm going to go with five Phantom masks, man. I, I was excited to watch Chucky last year because I heard it was solid. But it's just continued to surprise me. Like I said, it's become the my favorite element of the franchise, even more so than the first film. I, it synthesizes everything so perfectly. And it almost creates a new kind of tone because it's not as... It's despite being very violent and dark, it's not as grim as the first couple movies. But it's definitely not as campy as Seed and Bride. It's like they took everything about Chucky and music to create a new kind of beast. And then it went just more and more meta in a way that never gets old to me. And that's during an era where being meta can be very tired, tired and tiring. Um, yeah, I've got nothing but glowing things to say about it. I'm just really excited to see when the rest of the episodes happen and hopefully it'll be sooner rather than later, but we shall see. Cool. Uh, Rachel. Yeah, I I'm loving this. I love how it's when you're looking at these three seasons as a whole, you know, the first one felt very like, revamping right and then the second one was like so heavy on legacy cast and this one feels like it's the best of both worlds so far anyways you get a little bit of both but it's still feeling like okay we have some forward forward momentum here and investigating some new things and i'm loving that i think we're gonna get ghosts I think we're going to get some other supernatural elements. You know, they've been talking about Dambala and all that. It's like, okay, well, what else? And this whole thing with the ghost has to pay off somewhere. And if it doesn't, I'm going to be mad. But like, what does that mean? Like, what if they're like Chucky's encountering another supernatural element? Because I don't think we've really necessarily seen him do that quite yet outside of his own like doll thing. Like what happens if he's like, there's some ghosts that are like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, (laughs) and you know, I, so I just, I'm hoping that we're going to get a little bit of that. And I've been loving how this, like it continues, the show continues to acknowledge grief, but doesn't allow its characters to drown in it. Like even Lexi, like last year was clearly going through it, but we're seeing her processing that a little bit differently. Nadine really helped her kind of like come out on the other side of that, which is Mm. one of the scenes where I cried last season. Angel Nadine came by and it was super sweet. Um, So I'm kind of counts as a ghost. I guess that's true. Yeah. Something too. uh, Yeah. yeah, Sorry. Totally finish your thoughts. Sorry. Oh, and so I, I just, 
I have no idea necessarily what's coming with Chucky, but I don't think he's going to die. I think this world is going to open up on, like only even more than we've seen, and I'm here for it. And I hope that, yeah, we get some some sort of development between Jake and Devin as characters, not even necessarily together, but just right. them doing doing things. But so far, I'm all in. I'm loving. I love a good political thriller. Like, are you kidding me? So this is like amazing. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to give it five. What What's the, what's the mask. scale? Phantom masks. Five phantom masks. Oh, and I also just want to shout out the band at the holiday party. The skeleton, like all dressed up as skeletons. I feel oh. like that's, that reminded me of Hocus Pocus. The band and Hocus Pocus is oh, all dressed up like that. I thought you were saying it was typo negative or something. Oh, that'd be, <laughs> well, no, unfortunately, I don't think that would work, but. <laughs> oh. All dressed up as you know, skeletons. Peter I was like, Steel. oh, maybe that's a, a hocus pocus thing. And I also hope that we get Gigi back because they haven't really done anything with yes. Gigi. So yeah. I'm hoping point, that yeah. they come back in some way. I, I also was going to say with like the Nadine character, like uh, maybe that actress will come back in another... As a ghost! Because that, I thought that was really strange when they killed her because I thought that she was a really good addition actually to, the, to rounding out that crew. Mm-hmm. But safe. again, nobody's safe. Yeah. Justin? Just absolutely pleasantly surprised about how much I enjoyed the, this first batch of episodes. Even more surprised, I thought it kept getting better as it went along. I didn't feel like there was any filler episodes yet. I think I, yeah. my, there might have been some filler moments here and there in the first couple of seasons. But so far, I'm shocked, to be honest with you, that this joke is still funny to me after all these years. And they're able to do eight episodes series and i'm still invested i'm still laughing at everything brad dorf is doing and and to be fair even if the first three episodes sucked that fourth episode once again just the presence of chucky mysteriously walking about in phantom of the opera costume is just the funniest thing i've seen in the in, white house in the white house to boot. it's just apps i i mean if i see a still photo which i did i went to the episode this is my review by the way i went to the episode four description on imdb and it, you do see chucky's wearing the family opera outfit and it's very funny richie like you said like i said earlier I, I hope that they do a little bit more with jake and devin to kind of boost their profile to the stats that they were for the first two seasons mac like you said though this has become such a huge ensemble it is going to be kind of hard to give everybody equal playing time which is also why i do hope the show continues on beyond season three and i have no idea if it's going to, but I'm loving it so far. And you know, famous last words because you know who knows about the last four. But I'm gonna give it four and a half out of five. Family Opera masks. This is rave Gerber. Yeah, this is. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, this is one of the. This has got to be in my top ten. If may will it be in my top five at the end of the year? This is no Ghoulies four. <laughs> well, I mean, let's be fair. Nothing is Ghoulies four. And you know what? We're probably all better off for it. But there you go. Four and a half. Uh, nice. Five. Nice. I think that if they do anything outside of the White House, that we're going to Camp David, baby. We're going to go oh to Camp God. David. Maybe they'll all like have to leave the White House. We have to go to Camp David. Air as, Force as, One. Like, so, yeah. Air Force oh, Air Force One. One. Oh, I didn't yes. say where I wanted to go next. It's something that Mancini also hinted at in my research over the years is like a, a terror train murder on the Orient Express maybe in either an episode or a couple episodes on like a, a cross country trip on a train with Chucky. 
there's Ooh. a lot you could do with that too. Yeah, do that next season. Yeah. If you did Air Force One, you could do like Twilight Zone, have Chucky. Oh my on, God. It's a free advice if Dominic Sini uh, or anybody's uh, listening. That would be so fun. In the Phantom of the Opera gear? Yes. <laughs> Look, He's like, I like this look. I'm going with the I, cape, the cape I, swinging in the, the back. Billowing in the I wind. also yeah. cannot believe that I'm saying this, but five phantom masks. Yeah, because yeah. I have little things here and there that I'm like, eh, you know, I don't love this. I don't love that. But the the quality is so. The fact that I'm like, I was just amazed at episodes three and four of this. I was just like, this is so fucking fun. Yep. Mm-hmm. That it just it it overshadows the stuff that I maybe have a little problem with here and there, whatever. As someone that's watched like three thousand movies or whatever, you know, like it just doesn't matter. It's bold, it's bloody, and it just continues to like it continues to find new ways of injecting life into this franchise, where while still paying respect to the entire franchise, like and its fans. And the people that have made it what it is, like Brad Dorf and Jennifer Tilly, easily the glue of the roller coaster that you want to just keep riding like over and over again, right? I don't know where it's going, but I'm I'm absolutely on board. You you can do anything with Chucky. It's the smartest thing he ever did was continuing to jump the shark with like Brad the Chucky and breaking the fourth wall and just just continue to do all that stuff and 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 lean into it. And to quote Mike, quoting Willie Scott, anything goes. I love it. Five <laughs> Phantom Masks. Does anybody have anything that they want to plug as we end our coverage on this? But our, our month, our October coverage, I believe, is over with this episode. Well, if you go to Walden.org, you can find out some <laughs> more about the Walden Wilkes project that Don Henley founded. Um, very important. No more walks in the woods. <laughs> I just want to say thank you to all the other members of the Candy Corn crew who oh, have yeah. supported us and acknowledged Candy Corn's rightful place as one of the best Halloween sweet treats. It's just nice to know we're not alone. So I just really I appreciate I was on the episode, that. but I love Candy Corn. I'm, I'm yeah, really you, you texted in and you <laughs> yeah, said, in. we all you are. Oh, I did? Oh, oh, that was part of that? Yeah. 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 All the weenies. Yeah, all the wings candy 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 candy. I Can I ask that. you guys a question? Because I've been sourcing people on Instagram, getting their thoughts on the candy corn argument. No one so far has been in, actually, no, a couple of people have been naysayers, but <laughs> my buddy Nate sent me a picture of what he does. He What's mixes he candy corn with peanuts, which I thought sounded kind of good, like a little sweet, salty. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. And I told uh, it to Susan, who that. doesn't like candy corn. And she was like, oh, I bet that's good because it probably offsets the sweetness a little bit. Well, listen, yeah. Susan also said that there's no difference between the, the costumes and makeup in Ghoulies 4 and Ghoulies 2. I mean, let's... let's, let's <laughs> she take, clearly, Susan, she can't be trusted. She clearly can't be trusted. She came back on that. After seeing the Ghoulies 4, Ghoulies run, she retracted her Oh, she did? I know that she retracted yeah, it. Retracted. She still, she still said... She said, well, you, you guys are still the people who watched... One ghoulies movie, like I kind of just saying, right, like that's fine. That's she, fine. She, she was. I hope like, she enjoyed yeah. her peanuts and uh, candy, candy corn. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna try that peanuts and candy corn thing. Uh, me too. Yeah, I've never good. seen now, that before. Now, now like, to the naysayers right out there, I, I did, I did jestingly say, "Oh, I guess enjoy eating apples." But guess what? <laughs> the joke's on you because I also like eating apples. That's right. So uh-huh. uh, I like them all. What about uh, the candy it, apple, all, candy corn? It's all in mm, good fun. With the the candy corn cadre lives on. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. We 
We love you. We hope you've really enjoyed this coverage. We're we're going to be diving into the remake, uh, the child's the child's play remake next month, along with a, a, a ton of other great stuff. So please stick with us. It's it's been great. This is the end, friend. This is the end of our show, for now. We hope you enjoyed this production. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, and more. <laughs>